Now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. Good to be here. Holy, holy shit, we are finally live. And yes, like uh, Shmuley said, it's good to be here. I was just, so. I I was, as always, just jamming out to your intro. That da, 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 that's That goes hard. So good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's much better you know, than Josh's uh, intro. <laughs> yeah, I, well, listen, everyone's doing the... Everyone's doing like the 80s vaporwave thing. So instead of doing like 80s vaporwave, I decided to do 80s new wave. Yeah, my, I, I uh... think it's right. I think the, the aesthetic is much more like 2000s era conservative talk radio, which I appreciate. Yeah. Well, well, no. So the interesting thing about that is um, so, you know, Rush Limbaugh, when he was on the radio had uh the pretenders yep you know doing it he took a song from the pretenders so i hired a guy on fiverr a while ago and asked him to basically do like a pretenders um style like you know riff and that's what he came up with so uh, well, well worth money well spent yeah. i love that riff and whoever did the voiceover killed it too. That voiceover goes hard. Yeah, the only better intro is Pot Awful. <laughs> I mean that I, I, that one just sticks in your head. That I, is yeah, a, a mind worm. Well, in in Pot Awful, his his graphics too are like amazing. Like he has like a full on like intro. And like, he and he's had a great studio and great intros for so fucking long. See, that's the thing is. He's come into prominence in like the the sector or whatever in the last couple of years, but me and Shmuley have been watching him a long fucking time. My favorite, my favorite pod awful, probably one he doesn't even think in his, you know, favorite shows, is actually when he interviewed Douglas Levison, who's better known as the trumpet fight guy. So amazing, because not only is the trumpet fight guy, and if you haven't seen the video, it's hilarious. It's this guy. He's very short. And like super duper, like stereotypically Jewish, and he just starts flipping out on a guy playing a trumpet, and he's like, "You're flat. You have no talent. You suck." <laughs> and he just, I'm fucking... trained classically. I'm trained contemporarily. I am trained. <laughs> I walked Bob Dylan on stage. Who the fuck the are you? Fuck are you? And then, so great. It's such a classic clip. But Pot Awful got the guy on and did a full-on interview, and it turns out he's also batshit fucking crazy. Thinks he was abducted by aliens like five thousand times. Uh, he believes that he can he can do yoga so well that he can like levitate off the ground. If you haven't seen Pot Awful interviews Douglas Levison, the Trump trumpet fight guy, that is a Pot Awful show worth watching. If the, if that's your first Pot Awful. You won't yeah. be disappointed. Also, uh, black people you wash should, their chicken. Yeah, you should go watch those instead of this show. 
Yeah, yeah. Watch that instead of us because we suck. No, we're great. great. Well, he's not going to talk about the news. Eventually, we will. Maybe. Well, I mean, Pot Apple's whole bit is he thinks the politics is lame. He's not entirely wrong in that how people deal with politics online is pretty cringe most of the time. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. But you know, and and we don't we don't do sensational. Well, I mean, we we do sometimes, but I mean, speaking of not doing anything my... sensational, can I just give a big shout out to a uh, good friend of of mine, good friend of the show, Dick Molesterson, with the launch of the Troon Shine brand mead this last week. And it has just blown up all over Twitter. It's great to see. It's so popular. You can check it out for yourself. The website will be coming soon at trueandshine.lgbt. And yes, that's a real website. You know, and you can uh, you can check it out right now, actually. I just want you know, to say, Sam, that um, I've never sensationalized neat news. Uh, that, that reporting is flat. And that is my reporting. And that the rest of my content is commentary. No, you're a you're a very honest and you know thorough and professional journalist when it comes to neat news. But uh, you want to know what's not neat is this new Twitter CEO. What the fuck is going on there, there Elon? I thought you were Mister uh, Anti Woke. Right. So, um, yeah, this this woman that he picked, uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but uh, I looked into her background as a lot of people did immediately. And, yeah, she's very much on the woke side of uh, politics. But uh, why would he pick her? I can tell you why. Uh, It's very tough to find a non woke person as well versed in advertising and monetization as she is that's probably why he picked her i'm not going to say that that makes it a right choice uh but that seems to be the reasoning however there's an interesting theory that like the blue and on people have like the like the left uh, conspiracy people and uh, i i find it hilarious and that is that they're they're talking about what they call the glass cliff have you heard of the glass cliff no yeah so it's the opposite of the glass ceiling apparently that it's uh obviously the glass ceiling is oh women don't get put in positions of power the glass cliff is well but if they do they get put in in times of change and crisis they're set up to fail and so the left thinks that he's setting this woman up to fail so that he can justify bringing in somebody more uh conservative I think that that is uh, a phenomena, right? That sort of happens. Uh, usually, though, it would be internal to the company. They would promote somebody who is like, uh, you know, middle management or whatever to be CEO, and then they get their golden parachutes, and then the company crashes. However, the uh, idea that Twitter is anywhere near that is kind of ridiculous, right? And um, I mean, under under. Um, Under his time as CEO, the company's added new revenue sources. It has cut costs dramatically, um, and it's going to continue to expand. I think 
Sure. Uh, if she starts going back on the, the view of the company, maybe he can kick this, this broad out. But uh, I think that she might be a capable person. Well, um, I mean, the so the amusing thing, so I have two things to say on that. One, if the glass cliff theory is true, like, that would be hilarious. Um, B, I think what a lot of people, at least um, in kind of some of the accounts I follow, don't understand is, like, Elon's not leaving Twitter per se. He's just taking like a. He's going like to. He's, he's going to running... still stay on as the CTO, Chief Technical Officer, um, as well as uh, he still owns the thing, and he could fire her at the drop of a hat. Yeah, so it's not like. But why? What evidence do we have that she's really that woke? I mean, I saw that she held some position at like the WEF, but. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, the WEF has done well in getting a lot of people who are in business on board and their stuff would sound good to somebody who doesn't have like a real firm understanding of economics in that like more abstract sense. Right. Right. Especially well, when, all, especially when she, that person specializes in the thing he most needed for the website, which is monetization and advertising. Yeah. Well, she well she also what well, a lot of the like right wing, uh, and I mean I'm conservative too. When I mean right wing, I mean like crazy QAnon people. What what they're freaked out about was because I guess she worked for Google, and you know Google is like you're evil, gonna yeah you're gonna which, be hard pressed to find somebody at that level of the tech industry who hasn't worked with a company that they find problematic. The thing about those yeah. kind of people, they find Microsoft problematic. They find uh, everything problematic. And so like, it would be almost impossible to find somebody outside of that world. That's also like specialized in, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what he was looking for. Monetization and ads, which also means whether glass cliff theory or not, this is a temporary thing, I think. This is a transition thing, and it's she's coming in specific. Like they do this all the time. It's like he said, the golden parachute. They come in, they do one very specific thing. Maybe they get held accountable for something else, and that that's why they move out. Or maybe it's just like, okay, my time is done, and we'll move somebody else into the position. Um, but look. I'll say this, if Twitter starts getting worse, you know, I'm not going to be charitable to this woman. Yeah. Well, yeah, if Twitter starts getting worse, then I'll just cancel my Twitter Blue subscription. Right. Uh, then, I mean... And, th and that's the thing. Look at who's got the fucking check marks now. It's people like us who are putting money in Twitter's pocket. So I think it... I don't think Elon is going to purposely piss in our mouths. I understand that like people want to have, it's the same thing. A lot of people say about Trump or they say they want, they want Judas. Like people actually actively want a betrayer to get mad about. And that's, I think another reason why they're quick to assume anything that somebody does is traitorous to their cause or whatever, because it's a constant this is the problem with online politics. It's a constant purity spiral, edgelord pissing contest. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, and it's, it's not just, I mean, it is that, but it's also, 
like there there always needs to be a good guy and a bad guy per se right and you know and, and, and the and line so, is very thin yeah you can be the good guy today and the bad guy tomorrow and that's what we're seeing um, i think it's i think it's interesting that uh this show sort of seems to have more nuance than most uh right-wing opinion podcasts right like you know we had kurt uh doolittle on that interview was great we talked about bill gates right and it's like oh, yeah. we're, we're actually being charitable to that and 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 once again i hate to kind of say oh well she's not woke because she very well might be i don't know i haven't read her twitter account right i don't know what opinion she has but to find somebody uh who's in a position where they can just become fucking CEO and that you trust them and they have experience and all these things. Once again, her having held some position at the WEF does not necessarily mean that she's not going to fulfill this. I, I think people think the WEF is some tight knit um, organization full of people who are all locked up in it rather than a giant they, org. They, they know some people think that the WAF is little like a, a, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen like the X Files, um, but like, yeah, they, they, the, the cigar the smoking. I don't, watch, I don't watch pornography. Okay, it, uh, it's the yeah. cigar smoking old men in a back room plotting everything. But that's literally yeah. like the, there are organizations that you could say that about, and it seems plausible. The WAF is. Not that I understand no, but, that they've put out opinions but, that really fucking worry people. No, the, the but, WEF but, is the example of the people up on stage openly declaring that they're doing things. Right. And publishing no, but, white papers that they're doing right. things. They're, right. they're not the shadow head. Yeah, yeah. It's no, bad, but it's not the, what people think it is. No, they're not. They're not the shadow hand, but that's what people think it is. Right. And and that's or, the problem is because the reality is that there is no shadow hand. They don't need one because they well, put out the white papers telling you what to do <laughs> and people know what the fuck to do. This is the thing the left does and that the right doesn't do. They don't need a central organizing force because they say, uh, hey, guy, George Soros will write an article on his website and it'll say we need to elect a lot of prosecutors so that we can get criminal justice reform. Okay, is there a back room where they all talk about that? No, they read his fucking thing and they start running people as fucking prosecutors. It's, <laughs> right. It doesn't right, need exactly. any more than that. They all have the same base belief structure. It's worse. This is the problem. It's worse than the smoky back room. It's, well, it's, it's way worse than that. It, well, and they converge on the same kind of opinion. Um if we look at like the operation of the machine, right? If you're some unassuming midwit journalist, right? And you get a new prestigious job, are you going to like risk coming up with fucking half-baked shitty ideas off the top of your head? Or are you going to look and see some other person wrote a, uh, an article about gamers being misogynists? And then, so you're going to split out an article that says gamers are misogynists. You know why? Because that's the best way to keep your position. Right. That's a, lot, the best way. a lot of these woke journals, that's exactly it. And then at a certain point, they realized that they were getting lots and lots of clicks on these hate bait articles. So they write the most absurd thing they could think of because they're not actually getting clicks from left wingers anymore. They're getting but, 
only hate clicks. This is why Kotaku, this is why Vice, this is why Polygon are going out of fucking business. But my my point the is hate this, clicks have dried up. This is how this is how you can have a decentralized convergence to an ideology. Right. They just are following incentives. And a good analogy is the crab. You see all these distinct species throughout time basically take the basic form of a crab. And so that's what you see with all of these like leftist ideologies is that they all kind of become the same soup. You know, they all become the form of the crab. And that's the sort of woke amalgamation, whether you're a feminist, whether you're a gay activist, whether you're a BLM activist, right? You all end up believing the exact same thing. And the journos end up believing the same thing. Well, and the ideas you're parroting were created by the academics, but the people parroting it don't fucking know. Well, and, and well, that's and then, the thing is they get taught this practice in college. So like they know the basic theory. This is the difference between a lot of uh, conservatives and, and, and leftists is like their their understanding of where their politics come from comes from uh, like book reading, like learning at college. They're taught what the basics of Marxist theory is, what critical theory is. They're taught this stuff. Now, not all of them. But then they go out into society and particularly like, how do they get Antifa? Well, they find the dregs, the drug addicts who tend to be anti-establishment uh, anyway. And then they just feed them, oh, anarcho-communism, fight the system, fight the power. You're a real special. They pay them to go out and do this shit. That's like not even a conspiracy theory. It's just true. They get paid to go out there. Same thing with Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter one is interesting. Because a lot of the black people that got out and like marched in a lot of that don't know any of this shit. But what they oh, do no. know, they do know, and this is something that we have to fucking admit and address on the right, is that cops beat their ass for no reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, cops that... beat my ass for no reason. Cops beating people's ass is a problem. And so average hood motherfucker is like, yeah, I don't want my ass to get beat either. My life matters. And he gets out there. And he protests, and then from being in proximity to these people, he picks up the slogans, he picks up the ideas, he knows what he's doing. Right. I mean, I, I just wanted to, I was just trying to describe how something can, how a consensus ideology can emerge from a decentralized system where people are just following incentives. Sure, but I'm just going down the rabbit hole. Well, and, and that's what also makes them weak. Because a lot of the people in this sort of system don't understand how the larger system works and thus can be subverted yeah. easily. No, I mean, listen, I do a lot of, uh, like, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but, like, uh, I don't know how else to describe, like, in college, I knew a lot of, you know, kids who were, you know, very far to to the left but like they were like well they were like well-meaning in the sense that like they thought that what they were doing was you know like good like they they thought themselves like being like good like they, they weren't they weren't like some of these other antifa people who were like oh we're just gonna go and fuck shit up and but anti that's this is the thing you, you were you were on the point there 
everybody's the hero of their own story. Nobody's the villain. Right. And and so right. like you have to keep that in mind when dealing with these people is that they think that their cause is righteous and just and pure and good. And that means that if you're opposing, like they do see us as evil. Oh like yeah. Flat out. And, 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 and it doesn't come from a place of disingenuousness either. They honestly do think that because we're opposed to what they're pushing, that means that we're evil. Well, and it's funny you say that because like, I've actually been like, people have actually said like, wow, you're actually like not an evil conservative. And to me, like, that's, that's like, so when I first heard that, that was like, so weird because it's like, well, of course, of course I'm not like most conservatives aren't, but, but your only exposure is to like the character is to like whatever character or whatever edited clip of Tucker Carlson or Rush yeah. Limbaugh's to, to make right. them look weird. Like, and the only evil conservative I really can think of is myself. Right. Yeah. Well, I exclude you from that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but like, no, it, it all, it all seriousness. And this is, this is the other thing that like Republicans, especially on college campuses, I hate to say it, like need to kind of stop doing is the one thing that's weird is, is like when you go into a room, it's just like the LGBT thing. It's weird when you go into a room and your introduction is, uh, hi, I'm Sam. I'm a young conservative guy, right? I, Ra rather yeah, than, yeah. Rather than rather I'm than Sam, just... I'm into blah, 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 like, like movies or music. Like that's how it used to be. I was actually yeah. just just making a joke like a bit of a meme about this recently is where it's like millennials be like uh i don't like labels i'm just me and zoomers be like i am bi cess hit fucking queer trans uh communist anarcho fucking da 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 da, da. they have like 50,000 very specific labels about who they are this is a zoomer thing i'm i'm going to tell you right now anybody yeah, over 30 it, it is that, like it's and that's why we find it so laughable you, you find a lot of millennials who are laughing now there's millennials getting in on the act of course there is right but like by and large most most millennials we grew up in the era of like uh you know we all went to school like uh unlike previous generations there was much more integration in like suburban areas right so many more millennials would have gone to school with people of other races than uh than previous generations like gen x so like we grew up in what we consider like racist like who the fuck would be racist right that's very common yeah. among millennials like why would we even think about that we all live together we go to school together da 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 da, da. and and the other thing was like labels like the yeah only, the only labels you would get in millennial culture is like uh you're a goth kid you're a skater you're like that's it you wouldn't find right. you wouldn't find a 21-year-old millennial who would list you off their pronouns, their political affiliations, and their sexuality in their bio before like they introduce themselves with a five-minute speech of all the things that they are. And you have to remember it. Nobody would do that. This is a Zoomer thing. 
Sorry, Zoomers. I'm not trying to shit on you. It's just that's true. <laughs> no, the, no. The weird thing is, um, like, yeah, when, when we were, when, when, you know, when I was growing up, like, nobody ever really talked like race or ethnicity or even religion. It was like, what, like, what social group were you, were you into? Like, that meant what social group you were in mattered way more than whatever, like, right right honestly like the race the racism the the race conversation didn't really even like start until like i was already a senior in high school which is when the whole trayvon martin thing happened like i would say even that even that didn't push it it was ferguson that really kicked it all off yeah you know well yeah i would agree but like just kind of just kind of my Trayvon would have been the first time you you, the Trayvon probably would have been the first time most people encountered any of these like arguments about racism um well well, yeah yeah that's what I'm saying but like Ferguson is when for even more right and uh and of course yeah Obama is a black president see that's another thing most millennials if you would have talked to them in in the late you know, in the in the 20 teens, right before Trump, they'd have been like, oh, yeah, I voted for Obama because, you know, hope and change. And I don't care that he's black. That doesn't matter. I voted for. But it's also cool that he's the first black president. Right. Like they were well, all about they weren't they weren't like millennials weren't actively like, oh, I hate this guy because he's racist. I was like, I hate this guy because he's Obama. I hate this guy because he's a Democrat. Also, the biggest one. And a lot of people forget this. Obama won because he won the millennial vote. What's the biggest biggest reason he won that? And this is important. He promised to end both the wars and he lied. Well, yeah. Well, that, well, so what I was told by a lot of my friends was like voting for Obama would be the final step. I'm not kidding. This is one, one of my friends said voting for Obama would be the final step in eliminating racism in America. Now, to and that's me, very that's... common among boomers. That wasn't because like millennials didn't see it that way. It was just like, well, yeah, it'd be cool to have a black president. And well, he said sure he's going to, the, the, the war is important though. I, I, I don't want to just skip past that because that affected the millennial generation more than any other generation. Yeah. So, no, like, you, as right. a guy that watched, like two funerals of of uh soldiers that died in iraq somebody saying they were going to end the wars was an appeal i didn't end up voting for obama but like it made me think about it it made me think about voting for a democrat for the first time in my life i'm glad i didn't because he's a lying sack of shit that expanded both those wars but when you've watched your friends come home in body bags when you know like everybody knows somebody in their high school that went overseas. If they, if they don't know somebody that died, they know somebody that went and fought. Right. And they know that a lot of these guys come back fucked up. They come back with fucking serious injuries. They come back with CTE. They come back with PTSD out the ass where now if you're shooting off fireworks, they're fucking freaking out in their house. Like we experienced that. And even though I didn't go and fight, I was rejected. I did sign up. Uh, it affected all of us. And so here was a guy, first of all, black guy, a lot of, yes, there was a segment of people that were like, yes, this could end racism or at least show that we've come so far. 
and also hope and change because you remember we were in 2008 was the collapse so that had everything to do with the election so hope and change to a lot of us meant economic <laughs> fun joke right and then i'm gonna end the wars all of those things combined he won by a fucking landslide in my demographic it's not a surprise right but then when he didn't make anything better and then when he didn't end the wars and then we were in a recession his entire presidency you know and, and I, the hope and change yeah, I, is a lie i well i remember one of the things like in 08 was in i guess this I guess this kind of like when, uh, you know, along with ending the wars, but he was going to be the one to like, you know, close down Gitmo and also yep. to like, ref to, I remember that was a campaign. The, that was a campaign promise, by the way. Yeah. Closing Gitmo and reforming the CIA and the intelligence agencies. To right? be fair, he, to be fair, he did that and we're seeing the results of it. I mean, to me, they seem a lot worse, but or right, he reformed. Maybe it. not worse. <laughs> like uh, you, you, you laugh or you think I'm yeah, being sarcastic, no. but that like he, they put that deep state apparatus in place. Obama had so many federal judges appointed under his. Now Trump had more, which is great. Uh, well, no, he, you're all of these people were Obama appointees. He put so many people in. They wanted to run. That's why Hillary winning was so important to them because they wanted to continue and wipe out every last vestige of opposition to the left-wing deep state so that they would have control essentially forever. You and are, they would have gotten away right. with it if it wasn't for that pesky orange man. <laughs> you are right, Max. They reformed the CIA. The that Obama did in fact reform the intelligence agencies. What I was going to say though is it's that's a good point, but I, that he reformed the, the intelligence agencies. It's just not in the way that we were right intending for him to reform. Right, right. It was a fucking we, we were we were hoodwinked, bamboozled, scammed, right? Yeah, <laughs> taken advantage yeah. of, lied to disrespected shit on shit in our mouth piss in our mouth like all of that right it was a scam it was a lie just like everything he promised and then they can't figure out why so many people supported trump who had previously voted for obama gee i wonder all he did was lie and make everything worse and then suddenly racism was a thing and everybody was sexist and everything is homophobic and oh you have to point all of it out they can't figure yeah. out why the average person went from one to the other, but it's so fucking obvious and they know, but they can't, they can't actually say it. They can't be like, Oh, well it's happening because of all of this shit because that gives up the game. Well, and then like a lot, of, a, a lot. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of normies were like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a misogynist. I'm not, I'm not a racist, but then, I mean, a lot of them were also like, yeah, I think it's time to get like an actual businessman in there. Yeah. You know, and why not Trump? And right. some of them were like, yeah, I don't really like the way he says things, but even so, I don't care. It's time I'm not to get among a politician. You won't find that very common among millennials, though. Uh, that's a, again, I think you're, you're, 
kind of conflating boomers and millennials, which is uh, well, I'm, I'm, well, I am a bit of a I stretch. Am, I am. Why? Well, no, I'm more. Compl- I'm more conflating boomers and zoomers in this case with the with each other. Mm. Well, yeah, it's it's just like millennials were like. Um, I mean, the ones that voted for them all found a shit funny, right? Like we, like yeah. millennials were the fucking tip of the spear so to speak of the meme war of 2016 it wasn't zoomers zoomers were yeah. in fucking zoomers were still pissing the bed you know what i mean like it, it was us <laughs> we we did that but like um and we've got complacent and this is why 2024 we need to do the thing that it says right here and take america back and, and nobody's gonna do it but us by the way, if you're a millennial, just know you're in the biggest voting demographic in the country now. <laughs> Boomers have lost. <laughs> As of 2024, the major voting demographic will be for this foreseeable future until Gen Alpha is in their 30s, is going to be millennials. We are going to turn. They want to talk about all oh, the Zoomers for Biden. They're going to turn this election only if millennials are complacent. And specifically millennials who aren't uh, ideologically on the left, because a lot of college millennials are, right? Obviously, the avocado toast millennials exist. But the problem is, is when you frame our generation like that and you leave motherfuckers like me out, you're making a mistake. You've forgotten about the fucking, the kind of like the the rock and roll metalhead fucking hip hop uh, anti-establishment. A lot of which used to be, you know, liberals in the sense that they watched The Daily Show, right? They weren't liberals. Yeah. But they laughed at Jon Stewart, right? And then that made people confused to think that they were on that side. And a lot when they, again, a lot of people were surprised that millennials flipped from Obama to Trump. Well, and, it's, it's. And that because... they didn't flip from Obama to Romney. And it's like, well, yeah, Romney's really exciting, right? Come on. That uh, worst candidate the GOP has ever run. And I include John McCain in that. I'm a I mean Romney as far as as far as candidates go, Romney was like the Sean Hannity of presidential candidates. Like just very milquetoast, very unexciting. And yeah, we will we will get to Sean Hannity taking over for Tucker in, in a bit. Wow, big you know, big like earth shattering decision, guys. Not um, it but... is the it is the correct decision for Fox News. I can tell you why. Because who? that's not over the age of 60 is going to be watching them on cable TV anyway. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and that demographic likes Sean Hannity. That's been watching him. So here's one, here is one question I, I kind of have, I know we didn't talk at this before the show, but um, I mean, Rush was a Rush Limbaugh was a, was a baby boomer, obviously. Uh, he was seventy when he when he died, but Rush, unlike Handy, uh, and Levin, uh, Rush had a lot of pull with millennials. Uh, 
Max. And then I have my theories, but I'm just curious to know why same do you think same, same reason as Trump? It's that populism. He talked about uh kitchen table issues mostly. Like you yeah, Rush would talk about foreign policy, Rush would talk about war, but if you actually listen to Rush on a you know semi-regular basis, most of what you were exposed to was talking about the border and immigration, which no one was no one no mainstream conservative prior to Trump really addressed. John McCain, um, you know, in, in Bush tried to do an immigration reform bill in 2000, I want to say 2006, and it reform meant amnesty. That's been and and the problem is is we go back to Reagan, and if there was one thing that Reagan did that I will fucking not defend and in fact shit on him till the end of time, it was amnesty. Because now it seems to be the neocon boomer. Oh, that's the only way to deal with immigration. And and uh, Rush uh, wasn't saying that at all. Rush was talking about we need a wall. Rush was talking about uh, we need uh, better uh, H-1B visas rather than what we have. Rush was talking about all this kind of shit. He was talking about the recession. I remember even as a kid listening to Rush with my granddad. Uh, does anybody remember they had the like the yellow ribbons for war and everything and Rush did the dollar bill ribbons for the deficit? We should bring that back because the deficit ain't looking too good. No, it gets it gets worse every year. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get myself a fucking dollar bill uh dollar bill pin for the next show or or maybe the one after that. I don't use cash very much, but I will get a damn I guess because of inflation, it'd have to be like a $20 bill now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, but no, he, he spoke to that kind of like uh, populism. The same reason Ron Paul resonated with so many millennials, right? It's it's there is a populist. I want uh, like I'll tell you why. Why immigration mattered to millennials so much at that time. Specifically, I have personal stories as to why I Worked at a high-tech manufacturing company that I won't name, who uh, we developed um, LEDs before they were a thing. Now LEDs are everywhere, right? We were one of the one of the first like ten or so companies to get to get them to market. And so, if you used a cell phone in the 2000s, I probably made some of the chips in it. However, they sold out to China, and they brought in uh, Chinese nationals, and and they I was told I should train them. And I did. I thought, oh, we're open. I didn't know they had sold out to China. Oh, we're opening a fucking Chinese branch. All right, I'll train the, you know, Ling Ling over here. I trained them on my equipment to do my job. And then they sent that equipment with Ling Ling back to fucking China. And I got a pink slip. Then I needed a fucking job. Now I know like, you know, slow status, but I needed to fucking work and I needed it fast. So I went to day laboring, right? You guys know what day laboring is? Oh, yeah. Right. So so for anybody that doesn't know, day laboring is like temp work. You work today. You get paid today. It's shit work. Garbage. And uh, I walked in and I, I'm like, look, I have a record. I have all this manual labor. I also have all these tech skills. I also like this, that, and the other thing, computers, whatever, whatever you need me to do. And they were like, well, those people are going to get first preference because they come every day. They didn't want to say it was because those people are illegals and they can pay them less. 
but that's what it was. I walk outside, it's all Guatemalans. I was the only white guy there, and I got rejected, and every single one of them got sent out on a job. So how I... am I supposed to feel about fu- when they say they took our jobs? They they use that to mock us. They actually fucking took my job multiple times. That's not the only two stories I have. I have a fucking multitude of them. They actually took my fucking job. Well, no, Max, you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Young and I did. Man. I did. But in spite of it, whereas like day labor could have been a great transition for a guy that just got late. I was like 20. I think I think I was 20 years old at the time. I worked at a fucking really big tech firm and I got laid off and I needed fucking money. Right. Bills don't stop right. coming because your job got sent to China. But, oh, you can't fucking have this transition. Oh, you got to go to the unemployment office. I didn't want to go to the unemployment office. I wanted to go to the day labor office. But I couldn't. You know, I, another Whoa. one is I worked I worked at a 7-Eleven for two years. It got it got sold to uh, two guys who called themselves Sam and Mike, but their real names were Ma- I'm not even kidding. Muhammad and Saddam from Pakistan. And of course, what do you think they did? They immediately fired me and hired a bunch of their relatives so that they could chain migrate them over here. Right. I'm not saying it was a glamorous job, but it was my job. I fucking, yeah. and, and this happens a time. So is it any wonder that when Trump comes in and he says, we need to do something about the immigration problem that everybody is like, first of all, the left is going to be appalled. And so are the neocons because they love cheap labor. They don't give a fuck about these immigrants. They love cheap right, labor. Yeah. Well, and that, and that was my point with, and kind now of votes, but at the time it was just cheap labor. Now it's votes too. Well, and that was kind of my point with, facetiously bring up the oh pull yourself up by your bootstraps comment because the the boomer conservatives are the one who who the boomer conservatives or the neocons are the ones who always say shit like that like oh you just need to put in elbow grease and you know whatever and then they support policies like uh you know cheaper uh you know using illegals I- for cheaper labor right can i I take an unpopular position here yes this is the whitfield report we love unpopular opinions e-verify would screw me not the illegals so desantis pushing Uh, this e-verify bill in florida is going to harm job seeking americans it's not going to harm illegals because illegals by and large work under the table and they're going to continue to work under the table while you have to file all your paperwork with the with the government and shit no it's going to make you jump through more hoops you're going to have to go get your fucking your fucking birth certificate and you're this and you're that extra shit that you didn't have to get before but the but but paco is still going to stand outside of fucking home depot and get taken home to do day labor shit it's not going to change anything. It's only going to fuck us. So I uh, think DeSantis is very misguided in, in the E-Verify thing. And I think he's doing it to get a cheap win because he's been taking so many L's. Sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Uh, I mean, that's a point actually that I, that I actually think is valid. Yeah. The, the e 
the e-verify is something that like neocons have like for as long as i've been alive at least like i've heard you know mostly conserves non-stop over and over we need to e-verify we need trump, e trump has pushed it right so i'm not even gonna like trump has pushed it i don't think he's he's looked at it through that i think it was presented to him in such a way that it was like oh well they have to e-verify or they can't work and it's like they work under the tape they're already working elite <laughs> you want to talk about whether right. they immigrate here legally or not because like Technically, most of these border rushers that we got right now, well, they got a court date handed to them. So technically, they're here legally, at least until the court date. Right. But well, whether they're legal or not, they are not going into they're not going into Walmart and putting in an application. They're getting under right. the table construction work. They're fucking doing yards out of their truck for cash in a handshake. That's what they're fucking doing. And E-Verify is going to do nothing to stop that. All it's, all it's going to do is present another set of hurdles for a particularly young, white job seekers. And I, I don't like to eat. Oh, no, not even young, white, and young, black jobs. Young, black men have a hard enough fucking time getting work in a lot of these fucking places because there's no viable businesses in a fucking place, in, 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 a, in a radius around them that they can actually fucking work at. They have to get outside of the fucking cities. And this, this would just make that even worse. They're not going to get the job at Walmart anymore. You know, because they don't have all the proper paperwork. They might have their ID, but now they got to go get a fucking passport or whatever. Like all this extra stuff. It's just a hurdle for America. It's punishing American citizens and not addressing the problem so that you can get what you think is a cheap win. But and, and people think it's a win. People are like, yeah, he's going to get even. Oh, we're doing it. Oh, good job, DeSantis. But I'll tell you what, you tell me in five years how that E-Verify has affected a lot of those same people who are, who are cheering it on are going to be the same ones like, man, I can't even, I have to get five different fucking uh, proofs of address and I have to do this and I need a national ID. That's another one that'll be fun, right? Like, fuck, man, people don't think this shit through. Sorry for the rant, Sam. No, I no, I, I, you know, you actually brought up... Uh, I, and I mean, I agree with you, but like, I didn't even consider that. I didn't, I didn't consider that position, but like hearing it now, I, I actually, you make a solid case. Yeah. The people most punished by this are going to be 16 year old men who can't, who, who are trying to get their first job in high school to fucking have some what? extra money for a car. That's who's going to be hurt by it. Okay. So you want to know something funny about, uh, that is okay so when i was when i was a teenager uh so one of the stereotypical kind of jobs for disabled people is that you're like a door greeter at walmart right yeah um but uh i actually wanted to apply uh to be to be like a door greeter uh not at not at Walmart, but at like I think it was Kmart or Target. And they they refused me because and one of the managers like at one point like she kind of knew me and she told me like 
point blank that the reason why was because of Obamacare and like it, it would have cost it would have cost the company more to like insure me in case like there were, in case there was like a mob at Walmart or something like that, that's, like on Black Friday. That's a fucking so. another one, right? Obamacare. See, y- young guys especially have been fucked since the passing of Obamacare and getting their first jobs. You notice, you'll find that most places Did, tell young men, college say, degree doesn't matter, disability doesn't matter, all of this doesn't matter. What they'll tell you is, oh, you need experience. Why? Well, because they don't want to fucking, they, they want a work record you know, in, in the industry showing that you're going to do all the things because they have to pay a substantial amount of money for every single employee, whether you get insurance or not, right? You can still not have insurance and pay the fine. What is it? $2,000, the mandate fine. You can pay, they, they want to call it a, a, a fee and not a tax, whatever. It's a fucking tax. You got to pay the no insurance tax, but your employer is still paying the Obamacare fine for employing you they're paying into the system even though you're not fucking taking advantage of it and so why are they going to hire the 16 year old guy who probably will quit in at the very least two years but probably more closer to younger guys only work there a couple months maybe a year to pay all of this fucking money they're looking for somebody that they know is going to show up on time has a work record da 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 these young guys having fucking immense difficulty if they don't go to college at all, trying to get into trades, you know, they say go to a trade school, but it's tough out there for tradesmen too. Yeah, no, I, you got to get in with somebody. You got to be in the union. You got to know people. You got to apprentice this. Like again, for the young man in this country, there's so many hurdles put in front of their ability to get and keep a decent job. And boomers don't understand this because when boomers were growing up, A lot of boomers, in fact, many, many that I know personally, have the same job that they had in 1975. Yeah, no, I've I've encountered this very thing, like, since graduating college, as, you know, you know, from the private discussions, uh, you know, we've had, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been hard because, like, I have, I like all these skills. being a rodeo clown, yeah. Well, I mean, I have all these skills and I mean, I have experience through like internships, but, but like, I don't have the, I don't have like the five years, right, right. of like professional experience of doing like graphic design, even though I've been doing that since I was like a teenager, that doesn't count because I didn't work for someone in air oh. quotes, right? A career like the boomers had where you can get that one job, pay for a house, two cars paid off, no loans, uh, very little credit debt, uh, two chickens and every that American dream that the boomers had all the opportunity in the world doesn't exist for us. And they don't understand that. And you can't explain it to them. Well, the thing with it is they 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 think that still exists. Yeah. They, they yeah. literally do. And but it, and they it... but they legislated it out of existence. They, this is the thing, is yes, boomers hold the fucking ball for most of this. And everybody knows and everybody will say, oh, but I know good boomers or I'm a good boomer. I get that. Sure. Right? 
I get that. But by and large, it was the boomer generation that passed the fucking immigration bill that started all this. It's the boomer generation that passed shit tons of regulations on young people working, right? And back in back when boomers got working, they didn't even have to get papers. You just go and you work and they'd work in a fucking coal mine and nobody would care. And they work in that goddamn coal mine for the rest of their life on a good salary, living an upper middle class lifestyle, right? And they could do that for 40 fucking years. And I say coal mine, obviously there's yeah. a whole, there's other problems with the coal mine, with the black lung and shit like, but like <laughs> realistically, whatever that is, whether it's an office job, whether it's uh, the post office, uh, a asbestos factory. Well, well, even doing like, even doing an office job with like a computer, like when my mom started out in the tech industry, like in the eighties, you didn't need a degree to like know how to like, you know, do computer work unless you were like, unless you're doing programming, you just had to have like the willingness to, to learn like how to use the machine and whatnot. Right mm -hmm. now they want you to have like little certifications to use Microsoft office and shit. Right. It, it's kind right. of ridiculous. Um, but that's where we're at now. Most most of the like the top uh like tech people in the 80s and 90s barely knew how to code when they got in. Like some of the greatest innovations in technology right. were done by people that were learning on the job. And, and, and so Gen X had access to this a little bit too, and that's why you don't hear them like they'll they'll back up the boomers on this because it was easy. You could get a career that would last you decades if not a lifetime even in their generation but by the time and i'm of the oldest millennial generation right i'm, I'm pretty much the the oldest millennial you can be and still be a millennial that wasn't there anymore not only that but we had 9 11 and that changed a lot of things too and yes the regulations and the patriot act and everything to do with that set a whole nother layer of now you need specific kind of ids and now you uh, you know, there, there's a whole fucking plethora of things that would have been put in place that are hurdles for just, again, a 16 year old guy who's like, man, I'm going to get my license and I want a car. Now I, I was able to do that because I could work at a gas station, but you know what? I don't think people nowadays could do that. I, I think that a young guy would be very hard pressed to get a part-time job that would be able to pay for a car because then he'd have to put gas and put insurance in it and everything else. <laughs> and so even like, I got a $50 shit box for my first, well, my second, <laughs> to be fair, my first car, I was, I, I was given as a gift by my grandmother, but I totaled it the first day I had it on the road because I'm an asshole and stupid. And, and this is the only car accident I ever had. And it was completely my own fault. Cause I was yelling out the window, but, um, then Dude. so i had i had to get a car right i was like Fuck, I no no Here, here's my question max did you uh did you suicide bait and e-beg for a new car uh no i got a job at a gas station uh working fucking overnights while i put myself through the rest of high school well i mean come on man you, you should have you should have done like a go fund me and like ask for people to like and that wasn't no, a thing. Donate to you. <laughs> no, 
No, I know. You you, you don't want it. You don't want it riffing on though. Oh, I I know. So, I know. But no, yeah. and and, it, and, it, and it, I can't imagine what it would be like if if I was uh in that predicament today. Right? Where would you even get a job? And oh god, what if you posted something online? You posted something problematic online. Now you just can't get a job. Because if or or you have to live in fear that they might find out you posted something edgy online for the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter if it was 30 years ago, as we've seen, these people will bring up shit fucking somebody said 50 years ago. And they're they motherfuckers are canceling Christopher Columbus and shit, right? So it doesn't matter how long ago it was. Yeah, and, they're they're yeah, they're canceling Abe Lincoln. Yeah. So you know, what chance does do, do, does any of us have? And, of course, a lot of these kids grew up on Xbox Live saying, you know, yelling N-word at each other and calling each other gay all the time, right? Like, uh, and so, they're you know, they have to worry. And, and that's why you do see a lot of people conform to the left, I think. A lot of them are probably the biggest shit lords. They've probably said the edgiest shit. And it's, a, it's a troll's remorse, if you want my honest opinion. But... You put all these yeah. problems in front of people. My point to kind of circle it all back is you put all of these problems in front of not just my generation, but now the next generation has it maybe even a little worse in, in the regards of employment and career. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to get pissed. And yes, a lot of them are going on to the left side of like, fuck capitalism, right? I actually get why they feel that way because you basically told yeah. You know, uh, no, you can't get a job. And, and even if you do, you're not going to make enough to get your car on the road. And even if you do, uh, we're going to have you saddled with these student debts. You notice that's another thing. Boomers don't have a lot of student debts or Gen Xers. Millennials and Zoomers do. Why? Because they pushed us all to go to fucking college without a plan. Right? Yeah, no, I... In their I, generation, I love... you went to college if you had a specific thing you were trying to do. In our generation, they tell you you have to go to college just to go. Yeah. Just take on yeah, no, take that... on five to six figures of debt and figure out what you want to do while you're there. Of course, it's because well, of the indoctrination. Because... Well, I also want to say that with credentialism, I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, if you're in the economy as it is right now, um, going to college is usually a pretty good investment. Now people do dumb shit because they're 18, right? They max out their credit, consumer credit. They move to a different city to go to college, right? They get a degree that's something fucking obnoxious because whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but statistically, if you want to avoid poverty, I mean, the, the biggest two things are like, you know, work, like when, when you do work, work and like uh, get married. You know, what I mean, <laughs> graduate high school, but no colleges, uh, college graduates on average have more money. And that's because of credentialism. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's not true of every major, like I said, but like, I don't know, it's 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 still solid advice for somebody who is uh normal to higher intelligence. Right. I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. I mean, the thing that I love though, too, is that this is an argument I hear from boomers 
as a lot as oh well i paid my way through college and it's like yeah you could do that back in the back in the late 60s and 70s yeah it's like i'm saying the 16 year old today can't even afford to fucking get a shit box uh my point about the crash car story the next one i bought yeah fifty dollars cost me fifty dollars it's a ford ranger 1983 so as old as me almost and uh yeah it was a piece of shit the body was rotted off but it was mine and I could afford to put it on the road just barely because gas prices back then were like less, just, just under a dollar. Mm. I know that really dates me. Motherfuckers have never seen gas prices under a dollar in their whole life, but it was in, in my senior year in high school, me and my buddy, he had an El Camino. We drove all over in that motherfucking thing, but I put it on the road. I put the insurance on it. That was all my money, right? Cause I'm working part time. At minimum wage, which back then I think was like four fifty or five dollars, right? And I had just enough to get the car on the road, keep it gassed up, pay my insurance, and try not to get a fucking ticket, right? Because a ticket would break the fucking bank. But what is a kid today? They can't afford the gas. They can't, let alone the fucking car. They can't afford the goddamn gas to fill it up. They yeah. Should, their insurance rates are outrageous because they're like, well, they're kids and kids are more likely to fucking get in an accident, which is true. Right. But they, they can't afford that. And and where are you going to find a $50 fucking shit box nowadays? Well, Max, I, I do want to point out something because it, it's interesting with the boomer college thing. You know what boomers would have done if they went and they got too educated and they couldn't find a job in their field. Mm-hmm. They had all this debt. Declare bankruptcy and write it off. Right, yeah, and you can't do that anymore either. Joe Biden, yeah, he made that under the Obama administration that you couldn't do that. Right, and and uh, also credit card debt now. Like, you can just take you to court and you can't bankruptcy. It's, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Zoomers, it's like, I, I rip on Zoomers a lot. I give them a lot of shit, but they're, they're more akin. See, the Zoomers and the Millennials shouldn't be at each other's throats. We have more in common than not is that we both got left holding this bag. Yeah, yeah. Like, and nobody else uh, is going to fucking deal with it either. Like, the Boomers and the Gen Xers don't fucking care, by and large. Like, I'm obviously, you know, your boom. like, I, I always have to do this, but, like, your Boomer dad probably cares, okay? He probably cares <laughs> deeply, okay? But by and large, to the Boomers... We're just the avocado toast eating, uh, uh, chugging beer out of buttholes party. Like they, they were saying uh, the millennials were like the party animals when COVID started. And I'm like, yo, you, you know, millennials are like in their 30s and have kids, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, once again, I mean, they, they might care, but they, like most of them don't understand these things. Things have changed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, they're, they're they're just like young people with this like uh, news cycle bullshit, right? Like even the ones that are like, well, I watch the news, I stay informed. I mean, they don't have a memory that goes back to understand. Like, well, actually, uh, they changed it, so you couldn't default on student loan debt. And actually, if we adjust for inflation, it was cheaper to go to school back in the nineteen, you know, back when I was a kid. Um. Well, and you mentioned the credentialism thing and that, yeah. that makes it a good reason to go to college and you're right. But, but why, why is that a thing? Oh, right. They did that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're literally the ones asking for the credentials. No, I I brought that up because I I do actually see credentialism as like a terrible thing for society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. They, Look, and I get why where the boomers mentality came from on that. The boomers and Gen Xers to some degree, but mostly boomers were like, if they went to college, they did really, really well, most of them, because so few of them statistically did comparatively. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's about half of millennials went to college. It was about 10% of boomers. So, yeah, it seemed like, okay, if I went to college, I did really well. I'm going to tell my kids you gotta go to college this is the difference also if you didn't go to college you might be doing all right like i said you might have that middle class job but your brother bill went to college well he makes six figures right he makes way more than me i want my kids to be like that and get Mm -hmm. that kind of money so they push their kids right too and because uh... the, the tech market was was starting to become a huge thing they sent my entire generation was told every male, especially in my generation was told you need to go into it. Yeah. Well, that market popped immediately within four years of that. Yeah. Because, Oh, now there's all of these fucking guys with an it cert. There are a dime a dozen. And you notice like an it guy at that time was like a prestigious position. Now it's the fucking office bitch. Everybody laughs at the it and, guy. And that, it's, and that it's low status. And that's kind of like I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial too, but like I'm on the younger, you know, end of the millennials, right? And that's kind of like how my half of the millennials were with like marketing. Like everyone in everyone in my era was told, "Oh, go into advertising and marketing," right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of yeah. Plummeted yeah. At, at, as- at the dawn of like youtube and internet ad revenue and they were like yeah that's good and this is the thing it's it's this constant boom and bust uh a cycle of they send all of these kids into one field and then they all go into it and then they all can't get well not all but most can't get a job because oh it turns out the demand for that position wasn't everyone (laughs) you know and and also it's like I said, 50% of millennials as opposed to 10% of boomers. Well, of course, the, the, those 10% of boomers were valuable to society because there was only so many engineers. There was only so many uh, high, high-end uh, jobs. There was only so many people in any of these fields. Whereas now, yeah, know, again, they're a dime a dozen. If you wanted to reform the system, I mean, we could just simply go back to, hey, look, I went and I took out this $50,000 to move to a new city, to go to a better school, to get this education, to get this particular fucking degree. And it's been three years and I can't find a job in that field. I'm working at Starbucks. I need bankruptcy. Right. Investment didn't work out. Right. And you notice they don't want to do bankruptcy. They want to do debt forgiveness. Yep. Oh, but it'll ruin their credit. And it's like, yeah, well, them defaulting on their loans ruins their credit, too. So what's the fucking difference? Yep. Well, the, di- the difference is, is, is uh, they got a sweetheart deal with the banks. Also, the difference is, is they're going to print a bunch of money. And hey, when they print a bunch of money, everybody's fucking poor. <laughs> everybody's fucking poor now. I'll, I'll, I'll sell Trump 2024 as simple as this to most normies I meet. How how much money did you have in 2018 and how much money do you have now in the bank? Mm-hmm. Don't answer. Just think about it. 
you know? But yeah, man. You know? Yeah. I'm well, stressed well, about money all the time. And it's, you know. Yeah, me too. This is the this is the first real time in my life that I, well, I can't say that, but it, it's frustrating. Mm. You know? It's frustrating, especially well, because I, I think in terms of economics, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just look at the higher education market. And I just see all of these distortions, these price distortions. And then when I'm told that an 18 year old is an 18 year old is supposed to navigate this, right? Right. At the same time as I remember when I was 18, I got five uh, credit card. You know, just fill it out. You can get a credit card in the mail. I've received none since I've turned 20. You know. <laughs> But business loans aside, I didn't get a personal credit card until this year. Yeah. And 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 it, not for lack of trying over the years. I, I actually just had no credit, even though like his business stuff doesn't count because it's a separate entity. So you can get a business loan and not necessarily even get credit. And and they could get credit. They they didn't even need credit cards necessarily in the boomer eras. They could get a handshake from the bank and get a five thousand dollar personal loan at like maybe 12% interest, but that's pushing it. Again, the opportunities that they had, the wealth that was generated in their generation, they can't even see that it was a bubble in time and that it only has benefited them and that it is it, the fact that they continue to hold on to it and push us out at every opportunity has been the most selfish. I would, I would call the boomers the most selfish generation in human history. But I'm they're, I'm they're the only generation that left their kids poorer than their parents left them. What I was I was getting somewhere in modern I, history. Sorry, go ahead. My point is that I look at this market and I'm like, okay, so this is a distorted market. There's uh government subsidies, there's fucking all of these loan people giving these lines of credit to young people. Um who lack experience, who lack knowledge, who lack information in the market. I look at this and then when people are saying, well, they, they made a mistake, you know, fuck them. Right. Just, just fucking don't do anything. Don't do any kind of reform. Um, I, I don't know that I can agree with that. I don't know that I can agree with that. Now, does just, just giving, um, the money to pay it off so that the next crop of people come through and then we're going to have to get them to pay off because it's going to be some wedge issue for the Democrats. Is that a good idea? No, but this is a real issue that the right has to come up with a solution for. And I understand it offends your sense of karmic justice because you say, well, what about the people who didn't go? What about what about the people who didn't fall for that trap? What about the personal responsibility of this person? But once again, they are only so responsible in a system literally designed to prey upon them in a market that they've been pushed through through government education telling them they should do it, right? And 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 in most and cases family, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cult, pop culture too. So, I mean, at, at a certain point, you have to say you have to say that something has to be done, that this is not a failing on their part, um, 
this, that is, this is worthy of ruining their lives. But second of all, do you think that a young person with forty thousand dollars in student loan debt that turns into fifty turns into that? You think by the time they get about twenty-seven and they're looking at eighty thousand dollars and in debt? And they're working minimum fucking jobs. They can't own a home. Do you think that person is more likely to, uh, I don't know, get married and have kids and buy an SUV and own a home and fucking be a part of their community and fucking go to PTA meetings, and do all the shit that is basic middle class life by which conservatives have an advantage over? And that, that, that maybe they might fucking start to resent the entire system that's you know co coalesce to fuck them so this is one yep. you you and i have been beating this drum for a long time i i remember it was about was it two years ago i went and asked a whole bunch of libertarians specifically okay you guys want to i think it was 2020 actually you guys want to be you know in in the national discourse of politics how do you handle the student debt issue and they would say, oh, well, we need to reform the schools. And it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Reform how college loans work. Yep, sure, I can agree with all of this kind of stuff. What about the people that have outstanding loans? And the response, by and large, wasn't exactly these words, but it amounted to fuck them. Well, okay, libertarians, if your answer is fuck them, then why would those people ever, ever entertain anything you have to say because that's the number one issue preventing them from all of these normal middle-class things that he just mentioned those people aren't going to be like yes right. i'm going to be a libertarian now they're going to be like well okay fuck you too and and conservatives need to understand that these people are much more susceptible to the message of capitalism bad tear the whole system down because of that and so if we can't address this and i don't I've always said, I don't know necessarily what the answer is. I'm not necessarily in favor of debt forgiveness because that's just going to fuck our economy to the dirt. It's not even a sense of fairness, right? It's, but, but we have to do I, something or we have to just it, resign and, ourselves and, to the fact that those people are lost to the left forever. In regards to the, to the debt forgiveness, fucking our economy into the dirt i understand where you're coming from max but one of my friends one of my IL friends i mentioned that to him the other day and he said well the economy is already fucked so what's the difference and i mean i and i mean i've heard i've heard that from a lot of people so they don't they don't know what fucked is they don't know what fucked is if they think that honestly like if you think that they, if you think that oh well it's bad now what's the difference okay you know uh uh you want fucking ten dollar a gallon gas you want twenty dollar a gallon gas you want thirty dollar a gallon gas that's not different than today you know those yeah. kind of people when they say that you know they, they will be the biggest people to bitch when they go to the grocery store and it's four times as much as what it was last month like yeah like the fact of the matter is i i've i've always said maybe a um a a blanket interest freeze on all of these loans might go a long ways and the bankruptcy thing might go a long ways there's there's options out there that don't involve pure forgiveness okay but i'm even open to the debt forgiveness thing on a limited basis simply for the fact of 
I would rather not have a group of disenfranchised people in the prime demographic, by the way, we're talking 25 to 40 who can't do anything in life, work a fucking shitty job. They can't afford a family. They can't afford a home. They're fucking, I know people in their forties that are still in roommate situations. Like it's fucking college because they can't afford an apartment, much less a house. If we don't do yeah. anything for these people, then, then what's going to happen to them? They're going to fucking, they're not going to vote for pull yourself up by the bootstraps. <laughs> they're not. And you need, you need these people. No, you're right. Team. You just do. If you, you're offering them nothing, you're, you're offering them. Actually, you're offering them disdain. Oh, well, you must go to fucking feminist dance degree. Well, a lot of them fucking didn't actually. A lot of them actually have STEM degrees and just can't get a job in the field. A lot of them have degrees in criminal justice, can't get a job in the field. A lot of them have degrees in fucking communications, uh, IT, whatever. And they can't get a fucking job in the field. So they're forced to fucking work at Walmart for minimum or slightly above it. And they can't even make headway because of the goddamn interest. Well, maybe we could fucking freeze the interest. Maybe that's a start. But to do nothing is to concede this whole battle to the left. I promise. We're making and, a lot of gains. No, I... We're coming back, right? The, the tide is turning. But if we if we just say, fuck these people, we're going to get exactly what we fucking deserve. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry to You're get right. animated. You know. No, I mean, I listen, I feel the same. It's interesting because you brought up Obamacare earlier, right? And I've got to tell you from personal experience, Obamacare has really fucked me over in a big way because I, <laughs> I was told that it would be easier for me to get a wheelchair every, you know, two or three years. But no, in reality, and I, I've been dealing with this shit. So here's my situation. And believe me, a lot of people in wheelchairs are in a similar situation. So I have a I have a power wheelchair that I use, uh, you know, when I'm out and about to commute and whatnot, right? And yeah. it, but like the thing is like a is like a miniature tank basically like i can't use it around the house right yeah. just because it's a it's a big monster but in order to get medicaid to pay for it i basically you know told them that it was for in home use right i i had to right. so i've also needed a manual wheelchair to get around uh, the house to just get around the house yeah. and, and I I can't because even though I'm technically eligible for a new chair, uh Medicaid looks and says, well, your insurance so here's the thing. Even if you're in private insurance, private insurance still has to go through the Obamacare rules now. Right. For durable medical. And basically unless my wheelchair is like non-operational i'm fucked so mm. i i basically can't get a new wheelchair under either private insurance or medicaid because the current um because the current power wheelchair which i also need um isn't 
you know, defunct enough. And the worst part of it is, is um, when they insurance, when they look at you for getting a new wheelchair, they only consider what you're using for in-home use. Right. They don't consider, does this person, you know, have a job? Do they go in public? Anything. None of that. None of that matters to them because the government thinks that all will that all people in wheelchairs do is just sit at home. Well, the government, I, I don't think it's that they think, you know, it's what you do. I think it's what they want you to do. Right. Like the, Certainly they're incentivizing you to not leave the house. Right. That's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, but but then like also like I've applied for like these work from home jobs and like a lot like, yeah, I've been able to get some like part time contract work, but like for an actual like full time telemarketing, like teleworking job, a lot of them want you to like have experience like starting off like working for their com company like in person and then telecommuting later on and it's like but if i can't even get to your job or whatnot because you're you know far away and i'm reliant on public transportation that also sucks then what the hell am i doing so it's just like a it's a never-ending cycle of shit and the, so. this is the kind of shit i'm talking about is like this is what people actually care about this like like uh, th these are kitchen table issues that, you know, Trump might not have solved your problem. Right. But you felt like he he he's the kind of guy that if you got a hold of him, he would try or he would he would offer something, you know, as as a, as a solution. Whereas, like, you know, what has Biden done for you? Well, Trump at least acknowledges the at least acknowledges that the kitchen table issues exist. Right. The Biden, like, here's the thing, like at, at the end of the, the day, Bi the Biden stance is, is officially, by the way, that this is the best economy ever in, in American history. Well, well, yeah, I, that, but like, also like the Biden administration stance is that like LGBT. <laughs> yeah. Q issues are the most important issues of our time now. And look, we, we've talked this before. The thing it is, no one, by and large, no one is homophobic. No one is transphobic. No one really cares about your sexuality. I'm getting before. there on the second one, but. <laughs> well, well, but, but. I mean, so much. I'd rather not. Like in an ideal situation, I'd rather not have a distaste for those people. I'd rather just let them live their life. But since well, they don't want to yeah, reciprocate yeah. that. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's that's why we're having a disdain for them because they're not letting people just live their lives. Like we tried to let them live their lives that they don't want to let us live ours. Mm -hmm. And so, and. And that's the other thing. Like we're being told that their issues matter more than our issues. Yep. What 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 does the media talk about nonstop? Trans kids, all their access to healthcare, all all like there's there is normal 
working class families that don't know where their next meal is coming from. I don't give a fuck about your gender reassignment surgery. Yeah, the straight up. Yeah, the trans kids access to healthcare thing is is really fucking grating to someone who actually has who actually has a disability who is actually like, you know, trying to figure out, well, geez, what am I going to do once my parents are, you know, gone? For The interesting you know, thing, you mentioned the wheelchair thing or the, you know, the power chair thing. The interesting thing is that immediately uh, Obamacare caused the complete collapse of a lot of that industry. You look at Hover Around and among others, because... They suddenly had a whole new set of customers that said, I'm disabled and under Obamacare, I'm entitled to a power chair. And by disabled, they mean 500 pounds. <laughs> right, right. I Which, wish I was kidding. No, no. All these, all these big fat motherfuckers went out and got hover rounds. And then that guy got accused because a lot of those people actually weren't disabled. But hover around was like, well, we want the Medicare money, like the incentive was there. We want your Medicare money, so we will find a way to make you disabled under the law so we can give you this fucking chair so the market got flooded with these goddamn hover-rounds everywhere, right? And you saw the commercials all over the fucking place, and then that guy got popped for defrauding the Medicare system because you're not supposed to do that. And that has crashed that market to such a degree that it's it's no wonder you're having such troubles you're like it, i just want i just want a manual chair for the house and a power chair to get around the town and yeah, they're like well, yeah fuck you well and it well and it's like and it's like oh by the way i've actually disabled my doctor actually like has documentation proving i'm disabled nah fuck you you might still be defrauding the system and oh yeah you're they're gonna send people to fucking watch you to make sure you don't walk which uh, according according to maga news uh in the chat maga news network in the chat you know they're gonna catch you one of these days yeah well <laughs> yeah was listen that like they're they're eventually going to, to need to uh you know see me like literally like spraining my back because i can't like get in and out of the shower uh you know easily and yeah my father-in-law before he passed went through the same thing you know he uh he had a spinal injury uh in his 30s and he could not walk and we had to fight tooth and nail and they're one of the ones that got screwed over by the hover round company that's why i bring it up but that yeah no that, that boom was brought about by uh, Obamacare initially yeah, and all of these people who now have insurance that never had it before that were big fat motherfuckers or just lazy. That's another one, just like lazy motherfuckers. And they're like, I want one of those power chairs because they didn't even see them as a wheelchair, right? They saw it as like, oh, it's a little scooter. I can drive around town, aren't I? So mostly boomers, <laughs> you know, just to point that out. No, I... I and they crashed the whole fucking market. <laughs> and only only people like you or I who are either disabled or know somebody directly who are disabled know that this is a serious fucking problem. Yeah, no. The it, it's funny you bring around the hover round thing because because like a couple of those fat motherfuckers who don't actually need the wheels are like they see me in mine and they're like they're like cool chair like they treat my wheelchair like it's a sports car or something and it's like 
And it's like, yeah, this is a luxury item for you, but I, I fucking need this to get yeah. around. Right? Yeah, this, it, it's this ain't a fucking luxury to me. This is the only way I can fucking operate outside of my home. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and another one was the rise of Walmart put a bunch of fucking power chairs in all of their fucking stores, and that normalized it because people thought, oh, oh, these are there uh, if I don't want to walk. And it's like, no, those are there for the old guy who can walk, right? So he doesn't have a chair at home, but he walks with a fucking cane, you know, and it just would be a little easier for him. That was the intention of him. And then everybody and their brother is like, well, I'm really fat, so I need one of them. And then they think, I need one of these to go to around town just generally. And there, there, was, there was a big problem uh, in Colorado specifically. Um, and I remember because I was a teenager when this happened. There was a bit, there was a big problem with like, with fat people. Okay, so you used to be able to get like a lifetime handicap placard for yes. your vehicle, and they got they got rid of that because so many of these motherfuckers were like getting their doctors to write like fraudulent scripts for those lifetime um, placards. And meanwhile, like the rest of us, those of us who actually needed those lifetime uh placards we weren't grandfathered in so now every every five years i've got to get a script from my doctor and go down to the dmv as as if as if as if you're just gonna clear up tomorrow yeah one day sam's just gonna wake up and be like yep no i'm not disabled anymore (laughs) i mean I hate I hate to even get on this topic because I feel like we'll bore the shit out of the audience. But like this is a thing, you know, that, that you deal with. Like I say, you know, my father-in-law dealt with this shit nonstop, you know? Yeah. Another one is um, all they ever wanted to do. They're like, well, we could do a surgery, but we'd rather just put you on uh, Vicodin. And he's like, I don't yeah, want to take Vicodin. I, I, can I just do the surgery? And they're like, well, it's too expensive. Let's try the Vicodin first, you know? And he, he was one of the ones that had the willpower, but he didn't, he didn't get addicted to it. And he found another doctor and he, he got, you know, different, uh, uh advice. But I, I also know somebody, a, a woman, she was actually the deacon of my church. She, she is the <coughs> one that oversaw the, my wedding with my wife. This, this was a close family friend. <coughs> church lady never did drugs in her life never did alcohol but they got her on oxycontin because she got in a car accident and ruined her knee and she's dead now of an overdose so yeah you know, like the, the medical system these days is just so fucked on so many levels it just it's infuriating yeah no it's on on several levels i mean we could do a whole entire episode on how fucked the the medical industry is and probably just, have like hours to spare. I just wanted to point out that our chat uh, has come up with a solution. If you have crippling student loan debt, uh, our chat suggested that you move to a country that's hostile to the United States so you don't have to worry about the debt. There you go. Problem solved. 
I, I also like uh, that the MAGA News Network really doesn't like you. They said, not not Sam, uh, Smooley. It says, next time, what other leftist ideas will Smugly push? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> what I'm doing is cool and subversive, right? I'm, I'm playing. I'm a smooth political operator. I'm playing around with moral foundations. I'm tweaking arguments so that we can win, damn it. So we can win, damn it. Hey man, yeah, there. That's what um. Speaking of speaking of smooth political operators, um, though, Sean nice Hannity, segue. Nice segue. I love it. Real, you know, Sean speaking, Hannity. That guy. Hold on, hold on. Speaking of boomers who don't give a shit. Speaking <laughs> of smooth political operators. Speaking of fucking people that don't get it. Speaking of people that don't give a fuck about kitchen table issues, Sean Hannity. Uh, speaking of warmongers, Sean Hannity. Uh, Sean Hannity. Yep, yeah. That's, I mean, who who better to replace Tucker, right? I'm sure they'll get way bigger ratings now. Well, the the one the only thing I can think is that like Sean Hannity must be happy because right, like. He was the top dog at Fox for like a long ass time. And then mm-hmm. Tucker came in and he was like the new Popo kid. And you know that behind the scenes that really uh you know just pissed Sean off. Yep. So I'm sure that Sean was actually happy when Tucker got canned. Whether he got the like, slot or not, I think he was happy. Yeah. I think he would have he would have been fine staying at nine I, o'clock. I'm number one again. Yeah. Yay. I'm going to be the big fish in the sinking ship small pond that is Fox (laughs) News, which is now losing to Newsmax. Um, Yeah. I was was talking about this earlier. So if you put me in charge, because Sean Hannity, obviously most people who like Tucker are going to be like, that's a terrible choice. There is a demographic for Sean, and it is boomers who watch cable television conservative news they like him they've always liked him it's a safe bet not a smart long-term investment by fox however i offered uh two alternatives uh one probably a lot better than the other one would be larry kudlow larry kudlow on fox business i watch religiously he's one of the most uh level-headed guys out there he really knows his shit he's been around a long time yeah but that's my personal taste but I guess also my personal taste. Why not Kennedy? Kennedy is uh, leans libertarian, so she can get into that demographic. She's got a goddamn massive fan base. Look, Kennedy, when I was in middle school, that I believe was my first ever crush when she was on MTV. Right? It's I... crazy that she's still in media, and she still looks good. I've I've actually I've actually met her. Uh, I met her at, yeah, at like one of those Young Americans for Liberty conventions a few years ago. Uh, good looking lady. Yeah, yeah. She's aged like the goddamn finest of wines. And, but, but beyond all that, she's smart. She's not a libertarian that I'm like cringing at every five seconds. She could open them up to a younger millennial Zoomer market in the same space as Tucker. It, it, and, it's a woman, <laughs> right? You got that going for you, but she has a built-in fan base, a rabid fan base at that. 
She's uh, really well-spoken. She she doesn't take any shit. She's an independent thinking person. If I was in charge of Fox News, I would have put Kennedy in that spot. No, no question. I can't even think of another personality that would be better for that slot if my plan was going to catch the younger demographics and to branch out into online content like they were with Tucker. If I just wanted to keep my aging boomer demographic, Sean Hannity. And that's the decision they made. Now, in 10 years, is that going to be a good decision? I don't think so. But right now it is. They, they need to hold on to the few ratings they have. Well, in 10 years, they're going to have me. I'm kidding. They're going to be bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll have you in, a, in, the, in the Fox News cardboard box. In, in yeah, in God, ten years they might be so, yeah, in ten years they might be so desperate that they actually like go to you know Shmuley or me unironically and say, Hey, you know, oh my god, yeah, like why slot? did Fox not just pick up the Whitfield report? You know? Well, I mean well I don't wear a suit. You know, you, hold on, hold on. I will wear a suit. I didn't wear a suit at like my own father's funeral, but I will wear a suit for like a legitimized Whitfield report. I ain't, I ain't cutting the hair or shaving though. Fuck that. Yeah. So what? <laughs> I just well, want to make I mean, it clear that I currently wear a suit every time. Uh, well, I mean, your camera's off, so no one can see you. But I'll we'll take your word for it. I believe him. What I my believe- camera's been off this whole time? What the for, fuck? For months, yeah. It's, for, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for, for, uh, I could see it. I think he wears a suit. I think it's about two sizes too big for him, though, because he's you know under 30, and that seems to be the style. Yeah, look- that's the style, man. The style is like I got daddy's suit on. Yeah, review bra, dude. Uh, your your silence. You've got daddy's suit on, and, and you want to uh, you want to date sixteen year olds when you're thirty? Oh wait, oh, no, that's that's Nick Fuentes. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> that way. Look, look, look. My take on that whole that whole thing he said, and I think this is medically true because he he said that they were prime. Uh, what was the exact quote about milk? He said he likes to drink. He wants to drink the milk when it's the most fresh. Yeah. Look, uh, women are on their prime from 20 to 29. That's that's but, that's but when they're the most fertile. Like, but but this is the guy who has also this is the kid who has also said unironically that women are icky and gross. He's and he's, he's he's also the, the guy he, that said that uh, uh, putting your penis in another man's butt isn't sex, <laughs> so it's okay. Well, are the I mean the first part he said kinda, it's it's just friction. Okay, now that's weird, but I could I could understand where you would say, "Hey, that's not actually sex." Right, but it's just friction. It's so it's whatever. It's but, like but... it's like <laughs> masturbating, he said. If it's not sex, it's uh it's sodomy. It's it's something more devious. It, it definitely is sodomy right? <laughs> by so... by the most literal definition. <laughs> so, I mean, I I could understand if you're, you know, 
technical with these things. I I pride myself on accuracy, right? And so I've I've like I said, I fact checked these claims. They've been fact checked well, through American well, Patriots. Well, my, you know, I, I got a claim for you to fact check. Is uh, my my claim is that Nick Fuentes is a power bottom. I want you to uh, fact check that for me, if you could. I'd rather not. <laughs> well, you know, my question is, which would Nick rather have, a 16-year-old girl or a monkey? Because for a while there, he was talking like monkeys and duck-ass mouth, <laughs> mouth, yeah. mouse pads and shit for like a long well, uh, well, would he spank his monkey? Of course. I mean, he's like the master at it. The, the thing with Nick is it's been a hell of a week for him and his boys. They uh, they, they had to, like, kick out Baked Alaska of all. Imagine that, right? After, after sending that guy to prison on your behalf and fucking everything else with him, and you've defended the bullshit that he's done over the years, what what caused him to get kicked is because he said, "Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think having that pedo guy around was a bad idea." That's it. That's <laughs> it. You're gone. You're fired, motherfucker. Get out of here. You don't belong here. Yeah, the, yeah, the the yeah, the one like socially acceptable thing that like Baked has said <laughs> to any. And what I mean by socially acceptable is like, you know, something that like any normal person would, would agree with gets him fired from AF. So yeah. the problem is, is even though he said that, like he he himself is still kind of like an ir irredeemable piece of shit. Oh, so this is the th a lot of people that just like hate Fuentes or they hate uh, uh, the rage pig. They they kind of forget that the people around them are also pieces of shit. Right. And no, they're yeah. they're all pieces like just because two pieces of shit has a fight doesn't mean you need to pick a favorite. You just you just let them fight, you know. It's like when yeah. it's like when it's like when uh, uh you know Sam and Ricky Berwick get in a room and I come yell cripple fight, right? Nobody's gonna break that up. You just well, let them go. Uh, well, listen, I'm just my thing is I'm I'm just afraid that Ricky's gonna like bite my arm because like have you seen that guy's teeth? Like he's got like the guy looks like a werewolf. I specifically of. picked him because I think it would be the fairest uh, famous cripple fight that I can think of. Because he's well, he's, he's little, but he's crafty. Well, and also like uh, our our uh, quote unquote friend of the show, the laughing Damio. When he did his documentary uh, on me, which he has since taken, it, it's funny. He took his documentary down on me after you did your documentary on him, which is huh. funny. Gee, but I he, wonder why. He made nonstop comparisons between me and Ricky Berwick. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know anything really about Ricky Berwick up until that point honestly ricky is a living legend i love, love that, that guy. guy yeah he's great yeah so really so great. is uh so is crypt daddy uh what's his face uh oh yeah i do i do know of crypt daddy yeah yeah there, there's a call like 
Yeah, there's a there's a market for like cool edgy fucking cripples. That's uh you know that's it. We just need to make you cooler and edgier, I I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think I am pretty edgy and I think I am pretty cool, but the question is, am I crippled enough to monetize it? Or Mm. do I need to be more crippled? I think you're not I think you're not visibly crippled enough to the audience, is what it is. Because they get this nice shot of you from up here, right? And they and they can't. Well, no, because you sometimes you're crawling on the floor in the background. Yeah, but that seems well. Like, that seems like that's not how he gets around his house, right? Like, like that seems a little bit too like on the nose. Like, oh, I'm gonna drag I mean, myself across the ground. Like, I get how they would think that's playing it up, right? They they're gonna think, oh no, Sam. He's got like an office chair. He'll just roll his way through, you know. Oh, he's you know, got you know a what? series of pulleys and steam gears. You know what's? You know what? You know what the what the funny thing is? I I was actually joking with my stepdad about this this morning. Was if we were to set up like cameras and just document like how I have to like get around and, and kind of use like this collapsible like hybrid wheelchair like they like they would have to grant me a wheelchair just out of shame basically so yeah. may, maybe the big brother camera show might actually work out well but <laughs> you can't just being... like glue a bunch of wheels to you well i kind of picture that he's got like as soon as you open that door, he gets into like a Rube Goldberg contraption that like <laughs> just takes him through the house and there's like bells going off and gears turning and water wheels. He balls the- up and it's like one of those gumball machines with the elevators and shit. The the power wheelchair up the the power wheelchair that I use around the house, like we, we got it we got we got it off the internet. It it's it's called like a travel power chair, but it basically looks like a lawn chair with a joystick with like a with like a joystick on it. That that's, that's basically what cool. it looks like. It it's cool, but like it's not like it's not fitted for me really. Like like my yeah. posture kind of sucks in it, but it's you know it's the best I can do right now. So. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. So that anyway. so th- so thanks, Obama. You yeah, you really helped me get you know you really helped me get you know new wheelchairs. Not yeah. Well, all the, right. The, the hover around market crash thing drove up all the prices too, so it made it even fucking better. So like, if you yeah. wanted to buy one on the open market without insurance, which you you have to get secondhand because they don't sell any new ones outside of that fucking system, unless you're fucking paying a grip, right? Yeah. You gotta pay good money for that. Uh, you're basically just fucked, right? And that's why a lot of people get them, you know, secondhand. And of course, if somebody I, if somebody's selling a power chair, they're probably not in the best condition. Either the person usually uh, the person died or the chair is shitting. The yeah. Man. Well, no. Well, no. So the manual wheelchair that I was actually trying to to get last year, 
and this was just a manual wheelchair. The one that I got denied by both uh, by both Medicaid and insurance for last last year, uh, the model that I got denied for. I just looked on eBay and it's nine hundred dollars, and it looks brand new. It's only like a year old. So, but the thing it is, is like I think somebody died, and that's why. Usually, like um, that's that's how you find deals on it, and it's like that kind of sucks because you're like, odds are this person basically lived in the chair and now they're dead. That sucks. Yeah, and then it's like it's also like well, and it's like well. Like we were looking at, it and it's like, well, is there a way for them to like? They can't fit it to me exactly, but like, is there a way they could kind of get close? There's all this other shit. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, okay. it's time for neat news. <laughs> boom, boom, neat news. McDonald's has been found liable by a South Florida jury for a chicken nugget that severely burned a four-year-old child, causing second-degree burns and leaving her disfigured. The incident occurred in 2019 when a hot chicken nugget fell onto the child's legs at McDonald's in Tamarack, Florida. The jury held both McDonald's and the franchisee owner, Upchurch Foods, responsible for failing to warn about the potential harm caused by the hot nuggets. So they got they while, got hot coffee suited again? While McDonald's was found negligent, Upchurch Food was primarily held responsible for the burns. Attorneys representing McDonald's argued the high temperature of the nuggies was necessary to prevent salmonella poisoning. A second trial will determine the damage owed to the child and her family. The case is comparable to the 1994 lawsuit against McDonald's known as the hot coffee case. Right. After a woman received third-degree burns for spilled coffee and was war damage. It's going to use the precedent from the hot coffee case, arguing uh, that there should have been warning when serving unreasonably hot nuggies. True. Yeah. I mean, look, once bitten, twice shy, like of any fucking company in the world, McDonald's should probably know so, that they're about to get sued. So, so what you're saying is I should sue the local McDonald's because I burned my fingers when I went to, you know, when I went to grab a handful of hot, hot French fries the other, the other day. Well, did you receive third degree burns <laughs> from just touching him? I mean, I to mean, be fair, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, but no, but but listen, I could say that I got second degree burns. Um, and well, and, he, and that would, I mean, he's very sympathetic if you think about it to a jury. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying that you couldn't do it. I, I'm just telling you that you <laughs> he's know, gonna, he's gonna get in there and the courtroom's not fucking handicap accessible <laughs> enough, so he crawls to the fucking witness stand. I need my hands to get around. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Look, I think they would sell you out of trial. I think they would see you and be like, "Okay, let's do it out of trial agreement." You know, exactly. Exactly. Fuck, like trying to work. Uh, I'll just become one of those people who, you know, makes living off suing companies and shit. So, 
An all-female team created an innovative <coughs> sex toy called the Odise Personnel Massager. It initially won the Innovation Awards at the Consumer Electronics Show. However, the award for the device was later revoked, leading the team to claim gender bias. The personal, man, the personal massager is designed to replicate the sensation of a human mouth, tongue, fingers, providing a realistic sexual experience. The Consumer Technology Association, CTA, the organizers of CES, stated that the product was disqualified due to being determined immoral, obscene, indecent, mm -hmm. and not aligned with the CTA's image. The founder and CEO of the de toys developer argued that a male-focused sex robot was allowed at a previous event, highlighting a double standard. The team believes that the disqualification of the product is an example of bias against products designed for female sexual gratification. So is anybody, am I the only one that's been to CES? Just to I have not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have not either. Okay. The thing about CES is they always have a bunch of grody fucking sex toy shit. So I don't know what they're talking about. It's just, they're just mad they gave one an award <laughs> accidentally somehow. Like it slipped the system and they're like, oh shit. Like, well, I mean, I thought they, this... they didn't give the, the, you mentioned the sex robot. They did not give yeah. that an award. True. Right. It's different when you're giving it an award. There's a section in CES. When you go into CES, it's really cool. I highly recommend anybody, if you get the chance and you like fucking gadgets and gizmos, you'll see shit there that you'll never see for sale in public. Uh, prototypes and shit. It's really cool. But you go to the back section. I remember specifically the year that I went was when uh, they were announcing the Meta Quest, the original one. Oh, and, cool. And there was a line around the block not just for the fucking VR headset. There was there was a pretty long line for that. But specifically, the one showing off porn software had the biggest line in CES fucking so long. And all I could think is, you're going to go and you're going to put this headset on and watch porn after 400 other guys have just done the same thing. I did not want to get in that line is all I'm saying. But no, they always have gross sex toy shit at CES. They're covering their own ass. Uh, and then, of course, the other side is going to say it's gender bias for whatever. Fuck, that's that's what they do, right? But uh, that's, a, that's a pretty funny story. I never thought I'd hear CES being like giving an award to a fucking sex, sex toy. Well, well do you think that it's double standard? I mean, no. No. You, you don't think that it's gender bias? I don't think that they would give a, like a, a pocket pussy an award either, and I don't think they ever have. So, no. No. Okay. Well, I if if anything, I think I think that this becoming a story, you know, will attract attention for the company. So this is one of those things of like, also bad... also it becoming a story might be gender bias in the other direction. Right. If 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 they accidentally if CES accidentally gave a pocket pussy an innovation award and took it back, it wouldn't be as newsworthy as this. 
Can we? Yeah. Well, a, can we have a soundbite of Max saying that? <laughs> well, I mean, so I this wasn't sure originally a, this wasn't originally a topic, but like, uh, Sports Illustrated, right? They. Oh no! Here we go. They they, <laughs> they came they came out with the where I guess they're coming out like on Friday with their new swimsuit issue, oh. and Martha Stewart is on on one take, of the covers. Take, take your pick between the octogenarian and uh, a fucking tranny, right? Those are your choices with Sports yeah. Illustrated swimsuit edition, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what all the guys want. And, right. Like for for close to like 50 years, it was all hot women mm. in swimsuits. Well, to be fair, the last and, couple and of there, years it's been it's been big fat rainbow haired body positivity <laughs> people. So yeah, I, I basically stopped collecting in 2015 because I'm like, okay, they're going they're going woke so i'm done i'm out so uh yeah i mean sport and there and the funny thing of it is their sales compared to like you know even like six years ago have gone have basically plummeted and to be to be fair some of that is going to be because their print magazine and sure, sure. Age, but not all of it certainly well but if but look the, a, 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 an issue of women in fucking swimsuits that are hot is still gonna have a market somewhere right so well, like the, it drop, dropping off isn't entirely just the digital switch well okay so i doubt that she i doubt that she's ever going to listen to this but to mj day the editor of the of the swimsuit issue, what she fails to understand, because she actually has talked about this, her reasoning for why the for why the swimsuit issue has fallen, has declined in sales in recent years, is because, well, there's not enough diversity in the issue. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And first off, I I want to know like. How, who do you not understand what your target demographic has been for the last like you know no, they do they want they don't want them this is the yeah same thing. dungeons well, yeah. and dragons just recently did i think the they said the most um obvious thing ever for these companies is one of their top guys said you know straight white men can't leave the hobby fast enough for us they think all of these woke companies think they're going to pick up this massive woke demographic. Here's the thing. Those motherfuckers on the left, the trannies and, and the, and the virtue signalers are not going to buy a magazine to look at mostly naked women. That's not what the, they're going to buy. And if you change, if you make it mostly naked, old women and mostly naked fat women and mostly naked men, they're definitely not going to buy it. So I, I don't, they think that there's a market that doesn't exist. And I mean, Mil Miller, like uh, we've, been through, we've talked to death about the Bud Light yeah. thing, but the Miller thing's now coming home to roost, which by the way, uh, you know, because of the successful launch 
of Troonshine, which I do want to get up to before we take up too, too much time. But the, I am going to uh, engage on a project I've wanted to do for a long time. I did it once before, but I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to brew a beer, you know, because that's the only way I can be sure that it's not got trannies or hardcore radical feminism or some kind of bullshit in it. And so I'm going to just get a beer brewing kit because this is this is ridiculous. Uh, and, and look, True Shine brand Mead has taken over Twitter the last couple days. I don't know if you guys have born witness, but I do have I, it if you want to take a look, Sam. I yeah, let's let's do it. I was thinking we should get like a you know, all these other podcasts have like beverage sponsorships, so we ought to uh you know, we ought to maybe do that. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I can totally make that happen. I happen to know the the owner and operator of the Trunshine Beverage Company, so let let's go. Um, so, so Dick Molesterson, uh, he was talking to me about this and, uh, he was like, I want to brew some mead and, uh, you know, so this is what came out was, uh, Trunshine and it looks, uh, absolutely gorgeous. These gorgeous bottles. Uh, this is the first run of Trunshine. As you see, you know, you can take your pick of which variety of Trunshine you want and, uh, you know. They each have their own little little captions and things. Uh, this is made with, uh, you know, uh, he said, I brewed my own Trunshine, fermented from the finest bathtub ingredients and local honey. Please shine responsibly. And look at the beautiful artwork on these bottles. And it's it's just uh, just fantastic. And of course, the, a shout, the, uh... shout out to Trunjax and I'm Just a Worm for that artwork. Which is actually really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic. It, it, it is. But yeah. what's even what's even better is here's some quote retweets of that. Right? Let's let's have a look at where the funny stuff is. This person quote retweeted it twice, so you can tell that they're totally not, uh, you know, having fun with it. I have it on good authority that delicious Trunshine will cure AIDS and monkeypox. I, I've not. I, I've not seen the data to back that claim up, but it's it's interesting. Uh, caring caring this much about trans people is a mental illness. All he did is brew some shine, man. People are blown out of proportion. It's always insane knowing so many of the people I grew up watching absolutely fucking hate me because they. By the way, they think he's uh, they think he's Dick Masterson. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. Uh, <sighs> Uh, imagine being this petty over some shitty beer uh this is weird i think it gets worse though rent free my favorite is this one the rent free one because you see what she she posted here with the trans flag spongebobs and stuff if we go to the quotes my favorite one is uh this new advertisement that was made for truth shine cope drink and dilate so there's that um there's there's so much it, like i'm not i wonder who's really mentally they love to say he's mentally ill because he brewed uh, some some mead 
totally normal thing to make that is completely fine to post on Twitter, by the way. It is. Uh, literal genocide. This is my favorite one. Literal genocide never tasted so good. <laughs> uh, this is a sentiment that you hold about me, so I'm just going to repeat it. I think it would be funny if you ended your own life. It would make me laugh. I would joke about it with my friends for several days. Feel free to report this, snowflakes. That from uh, Brooklyn Supreme over here. Uh, of course, oh. yes. Trinshine oh. has welcomed the newest brand ambassador. Somebody needs a new obsession. I could never be this pathetic. Poonshine when imagine be and it just goes on and on and on. Go check out Dick Molesterson on uh Twitter for yourself. This shit is uh hilarious, and there's way see, even their mass murder fantasies can only be digested through the red lens of consumerism. What yeah. that that one doesn't even well, what happened was, is it got picked up by, you see, Xander Hall and all the fucking bread tubers. They started reacting to it on oh, okay. Twitch. And so now there's like, oh, yeah, he's getting, he's getting death threats. He's, uh, so, they're very mad. They're very mad. So wait, the trannies think that we're like committing genocide by drinking, uh, mead. Yeah. Yeah, and that like satires them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, they they but, totally missed the fucking joke, of course. Okay. Well, well. Again, though, here's the thing. Like, they put Budweiser. They put like they put Dylan Mulvaney's face on a can for Budweiser, and then all all the trans activists were like. What's the problem? It's just beer. Yeah, what's right? the problem? It's just mead. <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah. I'm, hope, I'm hoping I can score one of these original bottles myself, but I don't think so. I, 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 they are very popular. Um, and so, as part of uh, the Trunshine initiative, my brewed beer is going to be under the Trunshine banner. I hope to have it ready. Um, if not for Pride Month, then uh, at some point this summer, and I uh, will hopefully be able to. I don't know about sending them uh, across state lines, but if I can, both of you guys, I'll send a beer your way. But appreciate you know, it. I, we can't even have fun with these people without them freaking out. They're they. My favorite is one of them was like. I can see the reflection of your face in the bottle. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, let's spend a lot of time looking at that picture then. Uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. See, here's the thing is like the, these, these activists, they, they like, I can, I can laugh. At, I think the big difference between uh, kind of us and them is like I can laugh at myself when merch makes fun of me for, you know, being handicapped or whatever. Yeah. It's cut, you know, it's mean, but I can, I can laugh at, at it. Right. Like we can laugh at ourselves. They have no sense of humor. 
because they're so e they're so egomaniacal in trying to change the world that they can't let that they can't like they have no sense of, sense of humor. The only way that they laugh is like laughing at other people's misfortune. So, yep, it's it's wild. Yeah, they all they, they've been. Oh, you know, we could kill you and the, like pri- his private messages. I've seen some are fucking wild now. It's yeah. blown up. But uh, I I did just remember like about half of our audience is audio only. So yeah, just check out at Dick Molesterson on twitter and you can see the artwork because I, I was like oh look at the beautiful artwork and some of them aren't going to be able to see it go check that out on twitter well and, and look at the quote retweets because it's yeah it's just a fucking shit storm yeah no i i was i was looking at some of them but i was looking at some of them this morning because i i did see it and yeah we we didn't go through a, we just went through like a small portion of the quote tweets but yeah some of them are bad like yeah and he would and he was getting he must have been getting like because you know i know i know of dick molesterson and you know he, he always gets lots of interactions i imagine you got like i imagine you got some pretty bad you know dms before deciding to do the true and shine just because he, he was making fun of dick masterson and all those folks but now he, you know, quadruple whatever that was. So. The, the funniest thing is, is like the original thing was he was just like, hey, I am going to get a mead brewing kit. And I was like, you know, that's that's pretty cool. I did the beer brewing before I never done mead. And then the idea just became, oh, it should be true and shine. It's just a joke, man. These people are like, oh, you obsess. Oh, you take for he printed out some fucking labels and slapped them on the bottles for me. He was going to brew anyway. And I'm sure it's going to be delicious. Actually, he said it. it is. It's quite delicious. So, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it made content. And now they're just generating him infinite content by they keep saying this shit. They ca- um, here's one that says. Nazis went from meth chocolate bars to pissing in jugs with MS paint drawings on them. Hillbilly Hitler over here. Hillbilly Hitler, which is very funny. But what's with the oh, the the daily are they talking about the daily wire chocolate bars? Is that what that I think so? I'm not really sure what meth chocolate bars means. And and no, it's, he didn't piss in those bottles. It's that's the color of mead, bro. Like it's made from it's, honey. You think it might be golden? It's un it's unironically hard to tell what they what they get mad at the at these days. Like me, like meth chocolate bars. Like if I didn't know that the deal, like what are you even talking about? Right. The Daily Wire is the only thing that fits, but even that, it's like mad. right. But, but no, but like if if I had, if I was a normie who didn't know about the Daily, about you know that the Daily Wire did that, and I ran across this, that tweet, I would be like, "What are you talking? What are you even talking about?" So, 
I love that a lot of people are now quote quote retweeting it as a reply. Like this one here says, uh, "Here, this is what your kind drink, right? Settle down." You know, it's like, "Here, have a true shine and shut the fuck up." Uh, it's it's beautiful. It somehow this guy's homebrew mead project has now become like a center point in the culture war for a couple of days. <laughs> Which is uh, based as fuck. Right. Hey, hey, the way I see it, Dick is just like riding the wave off of, you know, Budweiser and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Miller. Like he's riding the wave off this beverage uh, outrage. Like if you think about it, this is this how insane the culture war is getting that like. We're literally having a culture war over adult beverages now. That's right. That that's that's how far this thing has. I don't want to say evolved, more like devolved. It it went it went from vi- it went from video games and movies to fucking adult beverages. Right, and that's why look forward to True and Shine Maximum coming later this year. I, uh, you know, it, it makes but, me like think that we should do like cripple beer or something. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you ever like brewed? It's really easy. You can get a kit. One of I, yeah, I, I, you can buy them at like one of the Barnes and Noble, Nobles here, or one of the local bookstores sells them. Uh, my, my neighbor had a brewing kit, I think. Yeah, I did it once years ago. I made a couple of gallons. This, they're pretty good. You know, you get a little sediment at the bottom generally, but it's not, you know, it's just it's fucking good. You actually should drink it. It's fucking fine. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. We're having fun and they're not they're not having fun. <laughs> like yeah. if if these people were like normal, their their response to this would be like all right, that's kind of funny, but you're mean or something like that. Well, right? e- well, even when even we when these people, even when even when Bud White, even when Bud Light did have D- Don Mulvaney on it, they weren't. The trans people were not celebrating the fact that Dylan Mulvaney was on the can. They were focused on straight cis people hate this, right? But they weren't. Ag- they weren't actually buying Bud Light themselves either. They were yeah. just bitching that we weren't. They they were bitching that we weren't buying it. The the interesting thing, and I, I said we beat the Bud Light thing to death over the last couple of weeks, but there is one interesting point about that that I should bring up. What's happened now is that because Bud has announced that they're going to make a campaign to kind of try and win some of this back and bring it back. Now they're being boycotted by gay bars. So yeah, no, they can't win. They, just... I, I, yeah, no. I mean, I, I know that I know that you're saying that we're we're beating the that we that we already beat the Bud Light thing to death. But the thing, the thing of it is, is this Bud Light controversy is just like kind of Ethan. It's just like Ethan Ralph. Just when you think you've covered everything, there's some there's another layer that gets added true to it no and and the thing is is 
I think that's funny because it's one time the left and right agree. Everybody agrees. Bud Light is cringe. I hate to break it to you, Anheuser-Busch, but you've now become seen across the entire culture, all of it, as cringe. Good luck with that. Well, okay, so the thing that was, was like Budweiser was never like a great, was never like a great beer. Like people used to make fun of it for, oh, it's kind of like a shit beer, but like, Budweiser, so like Budweiser's popularity now is like everyone hate everyone just Bud, hates it. So Budweiser until this, like not Bud Light, but like Budweiser was the most recognizable brand in the world except for Coca-Cola. It right. was it was ubiquitous, right? It was everywhere, they're advertising everywhere. It was not cringe. It was the like people, you know, beer drinkers are like a shit beer. But you always know you're going to get the same Budweiser. And it's, I guess, the same with Bud Light. If you go to a bar, you get it yeah. off tap, it's going to be the same wherever you fucking go. It just makes things easier. I happen to be lucky to live in this area where the Sam Adams is the same thing. If I just ask for a Boston lager, I'm going to need a Boston lager, right? So I never really drank Bud Light. But but I have in the past. You know, people bought, like, hey, I got a 30 rack of Bud Light because... Because women folk will drink a Bud Light or two or whatever. It, it, it was fine. And it was culturally like in the same vein as a Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola might not right. be your favorite soda. But if somebody offers you a Coke, odds are you'd be like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. Let's well, well, Budweiser and Coca-Cola are both are both kind of like icons of like, uh, uh, you know, Americana, classic yeah. Americana. So very much, you know, like Bud Budweiser. You know, the, the, the saying used to be Budweiser was as American as apple pie, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, the king of beers was, too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and now Miller, the champagne of beers, is uh, going in its own. That's the thing. It kind of irks me to some degree because back in the day, if I wanted a cheap domestic beer because that's basically what bud is right if you want something that's cheap and domestic you're probably going to get bud or some some anheuser bush product or Coors, right or miller those are like the generic yeah, ones i used miller, to get miller highlight i actually like miller highlight yeah. i'm never going to drink it again no i i actually i, I like I like miller highlight miller highlight was always referred to at least here in florida as as uh, as granddad beer because everybody's granddad they yeah. always drink Miller High Life. So. Yeah, yeah. And I would get it because they were cheap for like a 12 pack for a decent for a drink it and do some fucking karaoke or something. Now I just get Sam, you know. Look, Sam, some before somebody, you know, some autist is like, oh, but they had a pride beer. Yeah, but is that as bad as the Dylan Mulvaney thing? Uh, I, I look every corporation puts a pride flag on something these days. Sure, you what listen, listen, I will supply the kind of playing devil's advocate, but why Anheuser Busch should have given the trans people like their own unique beer, you know? Like, yeah. oh man, wouldn't that have been sick if they made like a fucking Dylan Mulvaney beer? That would be 
cool for that weirdo, right? Like, and his I, weirdos would probably buy all of it out really fast, and then they they would resell it on eBay. Like, it's what was that shit with the Rick and Morty, the fucking sauce from McDonald's or what? Like, oh yeah, the, the oh yeah, the, they're stupid. well, and you know, they like, don't take advantage it, of the actual market, and and you. And yeah, you you might get like Steven Crowder and other like people who you know who still complain out, but like, but I wouldn't be as, I wouldn't be nearly as. Uh, I the thing was everyone got pissed off because they slapped him on the main thing, right? Yeah. It, whereas if they didn't, if if they gave him the kind of his own brand. Yeah, you might have you might get some comments, but no one would have. But but the target audience would have been the right target audience instead of let's yeah. just let's just shoot the main demographic with this shit and see how that plays out. And it's not played out very fucking well. And then Miller, yeah, if for anybody that's unaware, a, a recent advertisement from Miller, which is actually predates the Dylan Mulvaney thing has resurfaced uh in the past week and if you watch it the full advertisement's about two minutes long and it's about how women made beer first and women 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 and so no more women in bikinis so all those old miller advertisements with women in bikinis we want you to send those into us so we can destroy them and turn the bad shit into good shit and they of course got a woman comedian to do it so she did everything but say my vagina, my period, which is, is the which in a weird way is <laughs> well so. in a weird way like in a no it is cringe but also Joe Rogan brought this point up the other day. It's also in a like in a weird way it's demeaning to the women who posed yeah. for those ads too right like. No, like they, all these they shit on those women all these, and and think about the amount yeah. of fucking effort that those women put in to be in the physical shape that they were they couldn't have hairs out of place they had to fucking look a certain way they had to have certain diets they like supermodels get there not just from like oh the world throws everything at least the old school ones it's just they were fabulous looking right and then on top of that, they still had to go through a whole bunch of other shit to make those things look as good as they did. This wasn't, you know, to completely just dismiss that and all of the women involved with it is pretty fucked up. And, but also, and, what is wrong with women in bikinis? This is what I don't understand. Yeah. Well, and believe it or not, some women, contrary to what the feminists like to say there are women who like to be models and whatnot yeah it's a lots of this this whole idea that like the oh toxic misogyny forced you know women to become like models and whatnot it's like no that's you know so women so, like women every, like to be every, glamorous and Every men instance, like to look at glamorous women. Every instance of shirtless, you know, muscly, ripped men needs to be eliminated too. It's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. I'm not I'm not offended that He-Man exists, right? Like what the fuck is wrong with you people? I, I don't yeah, look, I'm 
I'm I'm not the best looking guy, you know, and I'm not a ripped six pack fucking guy. But that it doesn't bother me that those guys exist and get work for the fucking work they've put into their physique, and those women did too. Those yeah, no, it, it like that's it, that, it is a full time job to look that good. It really is. Yeah, no, it 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 doesn't bother me that like. Like these women, as I was talking about the the male get the you know the male gaze right and how bad that is, but I can tell it from perf- from experience, you know, and seeing like seeing the way women look at Tom Brady, just as like an example, there there is definitely a female gaze too, you know what? And like I'm not offended that they're objectifying. You know, Tom Brady. And, Tom, or... and Tom's not offended because he's still getting work, even though he can't fucking football anymore. Right? Like, like they'll, right. they'll like underwear modeling. Sure, why not? Like, who cares? Who cares? Mark Mark Wahlberg uh, was literally an underwear model. Is that the worst? I... Look, women, straight guys, like looking at hot chicks. Not sorry. Not sorry, and 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 straight women like looking at, at hot guys. They and there's no reason do. for them. There's no reason for them to be sorry either. No, nobody should be sorry about being attracted to somebody who is attractive, right? Like, it's so fucking dumb, you know. And and I'm not like, I'm not like a fucking perv, right? I'm actually kind of a prude in my personal life. I don't like to talk about sexual stuff. You know, even my wife thinks I'm kind of a prude, but like, who fucking cares about some women in a bikini? It's whatever. And the, so, yeah. The, so why would I drink yeah. Miller then if they're going to play that woke game, though? Fuck them. I, and I drank Miller for years. My granddad, you funny you call it granddad beer. My granddad drank Miller. I think he drank Miller light. It's yeah, like, it's still though. Yeah, it's, it's whatever, the, man. If if someone had told me ten years ago that we would that we would be having this come that that we would be conversing over adult beverage controversies, I would have scoffed. Yep. But if well, if you told me we'd be talking about troon shine, I'd be just <laughs> what's a troon? That's that's the uh, other thing. That's the other thing is the younger guys, you know, a lot of zoomers I talk to seem to think like troons were always around. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. I they they're not really around now. Like you run into them so rarely outside of like a college campus or like a leftist city. You know. Well, well that <laughs> Well, that that's the thing too. Is people are like, oh, well, trans people have always existed, and it's like, okay, that might be. Let's say for a sec that's true. Just because they've always existed doesn't mean that they like was that like they, they should be. They should be society's top priority, right? Well, it, well, it's like it's like they they try and equivocate being trans to being black in America, 
Right, because it's the new civil right? rights. This is this and, is the problem: is they all fetishize the civil rights movement, but they had nothing to fight for, so they made some shit up. That, right. Perfect example: there. the Elephant Man. People with that condition have always existed, right? Or how about this: uh, crippled people, people with uh, you know all different ailments, have existed, right? You rarely yeah. run into them, right? It's not something you see that's, all the time. And that's why it's really offensive that Sam pretends to be one. Right, yeah, obviously. Oh, not, not you too. All I'm saying is there's a lot more cripples mentioned in the Bible than trannies. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, no. So, so it's interesting that you say that you, because like one of the things is people are always like, well, how do you feel about like disabled representation in film and television? And I'm like, what? Like, I don't think about that when I go to like, yeah, Pro Professor X and like Daredevil are cool, but like, I don't think those characters are cool because they're handicapped. They're right. cool because of, you know, because they they're like good characters yeah it, it, yeah this is this is the thing is like representation i can identify with any main character if you tell a good story right because there's certain yeah. things in the human condition that are universal i always point to one of my favorite characters in marvel canon recently anyway is miles morales spider-man and I know people are like, oh, but that's the woke Spider-Man. But if you knew the history, if you knew what was actually under the hood there, that's not true at all. Miles Morales <laughs> came out a long time before anyone was woke. He came out before Obama was president, for fuck's sake. Yeah. The idea no, was I... the alternate universe. They wanted they wanted one, they wanted someone that was young. And they wanted somebody that was into like urban, like hip hop culture. And so, of course, the odds are you're going to make him black or whatever. He's actually half black, half Hispanic. It doesn't really matter. But Miles Morales is a great character. If you read the original run or even watch the Spider, the first Spider-Verse, I have not seen the second Spider-Verse movie. I don't know if it went off the deep end, but that first Spider-Verse movie is fantastic. And the, it's not about it's not about his race. It's about his uncle who dies. It's about his struggles trying to be Spider-Man when Spider-Man died. It's about him overcoming his insecurities. It's about him going on a fucking hero's journey. If you can't relate to that because he's not the same color as you, he's not the same uh, uh, gender as you, he's not the same sexuality as you, then there's something wrong with you, not me, because I can relate to him even though I, I'm not black, right? Like, Miles Morales is a good character. The, yeah, well, well, my my introduction to Miles, really, like, I had heard of him, but my introduction to him, like, as a character was in the Insomniac Spider-Man game. I, I also haven't played that, so I can't comment, but... Well, hopefully they'll be releasing that for PC soon It's of course. It's out on PC, but for more... It, I wish they would bundle the two games together. I'd probably buy that. They want I'm, me to pay full price for an eight-hour game, and it's not going to happen. I, I'm sh I'm sure they will, but like my my point is is like that's how that's how they introduced uh, like that's how I was introduced to 
Miles right. and like they they write him more as like Spider-Man's protege because in this mm-hmm. universe Peter Parker is still alive and just like meets like his his dad who's the cop still dies like helping Peter on a case right and so Miles Miles becomes his own Spider-Man so like, so it takes place dad it takes place before Peter dies essentially yeah that's that's cool like yeah it, yeah, if, you, if, if you haven't seen the first Into the Spider-Verse movie, I highly recommend it. It's a great Spider-Man story. It, and, it, and in the parallels between his story and Peter Parker are done on purpose and they're drawn attention to. Like some of the some of the panels, I, I say panels because I'm thinking comic, but some of the panels right. correspond almost one to one to that original first run of Spider-Man number one from uh 1967 oh the amazing fantasy 15 yeah yeah you see you see the um well there's a it throws back to several different ones right but you see the the it actually shows a panel at one point of peter parker crawling out the window of his apartment to hide and and miles doing exactly the same thing right his story parallels peter right down to the fact that his uncle gets killed in, in almost the same manner, you know, it, it, it's so, um, if you like Spider-Man, it's a great fucking story. And if you're like, oh, well, he's black, I can't relate to it. Well, I think you might have something wrong with you. And, yeah. and likewise, likewise, if you say I can't relate to Peter Parker because he's white, well, I'm going to tell you every black kid in my neighborhood, and there's a couple, love Peter Parker, okay? So they love Iron Man. They love the Hulk. Right. And they don't give a fuck. The Hulk's green. Right. They don't care. It's 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 stupid. And that's always how it's been. Nobody, nobody fucking cared about that. If if the story is good, you can relate to the character. When 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 uh, when uh, when the Daredevil Netflix series came out, like I had read. I had read a lot of the Daredevil comic books, but like a lot of my Norman friends who had never like, you know, it really interacted with Daredevil loved the Daredevil Netflix series, even though they weren't ra- even though they weren't raised Catholic, you know, they, they didn't really get the symbolism in Daredevil. They still loved it because it was yeah. well written. Yeah. So. I mean, um, you know, I I identify with the fucking crow, but nobody's ever killed my fucking fiance. Right? I, like, I it, it just if you can't see, this is the thing is I, I honestly think these leftists lack empathy entirely. Because if yeah, you can't no, relate they, on the, the, the basic universal human things that the, the, these stories represent then that means there's something missing in you. And I think it's empathy. No. Yeah. They, they, they do. They, they totally lack empathy. It's, it's all about what is my plight. And like, you know, like I, I struggle with like, you know, having a physical disability and yet like I am, I have empathy for, you know, people with different disabilities and, you know, ones that like, and people that aren't disabled but have other struggles. Well, it's even more than that, too. though. It, it's, it's even more than that. P- Peter Parker 
not only, you know, not only is he not disabled like you, right? He's got phenomenal extra powers. And yet, right. you're, you're a fan of the comic and you relate because he goes through struggles that anyone can understand. It's simple. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't juggle my career and my school and being a superhero. Well, change out to being a superhero. It's still fucking relatable. Right? Uh, oh, well. Oh, well, I'm I'm the nerdy kid who I'm the nerdy kid who got, you know, who who gets bullied at school. Oh, wow. That's I know. really I really like this girl, but it's hard to get her to notice me. Yeah, that's no one can yeah. fucking relate to that. Right. Give me a fucking break. It, no representation. The whole representation yeah. argument is bullshit. I I can I not only can relate. I wanted that Black Panther movie so fucking bad. It should have come out years before it did because it would have been way less political. It's still a good film. But like I've always read Black Panther. Black Panther is a great character. Yeah, the yeah, the, the problem with Black Panther and, I, and I'm not saying this about the movie. The problem with, the problem with the marketing was that like was that like a lot of BLM people got mm -hmm. behind it as like as like the black superhero movie. Meanwhile, the, the meanwhile the rest of us were like, Scott played. Yeah, exactly. So, but no, Black Panther is a fantastic character, and I could understand. I can understand even them being like, "Oh, I relate just a little bit more because he's black or whatever." But he, but here's the thing: the the average American black person do they actually have a lot in common with t'challa like this is a guy from a fictional country in africa who doesn't culturally share any of their values and it's even expressed in the movie right because who's the villain killmonger who's a american city guy who wants to fucking kill all the white people and black t'challa's like that's stupid and they fucking fight over it like no yeah. the the, the fucking the racist was the bad guy that's what they don't get you know and that again was relatable to everybody because anybody can understand like this guy's just a bad person right and t'challa is a good person he's a good king he's a good person and and he does good as a superhero if again it's relatable it's uh, yeah they just they miss all this they don't see it's, the forest for the trees, and it's it's a shame they're missing out. I, I, I yeah, identity po identity politics, like in our in our effort in our efforts to make each other like more aware quote unquote of our identities, so to speak, with identity politics. I think they actually made us less aware of like they've. They've segregated us more as a result of identity politics. I have like, one here. I don't know how well uh, the audience can see it, but I want to bring this up because I saw this today. Uh, there was a story about a guy in Canada got arrested for giving out Bibles, right? And this was one of the replies, and I feel like, Ignoring the context of the story, this is modern politics in a nutshell right here. The first person says, why do religious people feel the need to force their religion on everyone? 
And the response is, why do trans people feel the need to force their delusion on everyone? And that's where we're at. That this is the, the discourse of the day. Yeah. Essentially, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and and you know, I can actually, I can actually empathize with both people on that. You know, strangely enough, I I do know what it's like to have really, really pushy, pushy religious people tell you that your choices in your lifestyle are bad. But that doesn't mean that I'm okay with you waving your girl cock in children's face. Right. Like there's a balance there. Nobody wants to take the nuanced position because it's not it doesn't get you clicks. It doesn't get you retweets. It gets you fucking not noticed at all. Right. And well, and and that's why, you know, kind of going back to one of the things that our our pal, you know, friend of show merch likes to say is, oh, well, Sam, you're just not you're just not good at doing this podcast thing. No, Mersh, you might make more money than I do, but let, let me tell you, a lot of people that do that type of podcast, it's all, it's all outrage. It's all clickbaity. Yeah, that, yeah, that shit makes money. Un- unfortunately, the new one at this time, the new but it's destroying podcast, society at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Get you get your fucking donations while you fucking drive a f- bigger and bigger wedge into society and then you circle jerk and justify to you, oh well when the fucking things collapse it'll be so much better. No, a big fat motherfucker like him is going to be dead. Most of you motherfuckers will be dead. You root for a civil war, you think it's fallout and you're a superhero and that's not how it works. Yeah, no. Well, well the the other thing too is like yeah, this podcast is Know, more nuanced it's not you know as quote-unquote flashy so to speak but i think we're getting to a point now where more people like our time our time is going to come i mean it's already kind of there people people want nuanced you know conversation as evidenced by all the appearances that tucker carlson has made i mean he, Max, I I know you don't, I know you don't like him necessarily. But I will say this, I I think even all of the stuff with like Robert Kennedy Jr. making all these podcast appearances has been pretty good because he's the one. He's like he's like one of the few people on the left who's actually nuanced and willing to like discuss shit. Well, you know, and whatnot. Per- personally he's a kennedy right and that's a distaste for me off the bat but but i will say this i think the left the blue anons are kind of right about him they they just think that he knows it he is driving a wedge on the left he very much is now how far that wedge can be driven i don't know and is that his intention to you know, screw over the the Democrats so that Trump gets in. No, I don't think that's it. I think the guy has honest beliefs. I think some of the I, basically, yeah. basically most of them are fucking crazy. 
And I know some people be like, oh, the back stuff. It's nothing to do with that. I mean, he wants to ban all guns for one. So you want to vote for him because he's anti-vax? Well, he takes your gun. Okay. He want he wants, you know, he wants a single payer healthcare <coughs> system. <coughs> he's he's big on trans rights, you know, like look. He's not for me, and he's not for most of the people who actually get behind him because they're so short-sighted that they're like, oh, well, he's right on some COVID stuff, so that's enough. But he is driving a wedge on the left, and because there's a bunch of people on the left that don't agree with all the lockdownerism. They just don't. I know this. Normies got very sick of masking after about a year, right? And if you... I, I I mentioned it off air and it's not, it's not like a big deal. I went to a, an event at my son's school today. There was a concert. Uh, it's like the, the coming to the end of the year kind of thing. So they had the parents come in. <coughs> How many people do you think were wearing masks? Mind you, I'm in a blue state, Massachusetts. What do you think? What do you think None. the ratio was? There was one. There was one and literally her name is Karen. <laughs> but no that like that's where we're at like leftists didn't like lockdown nobody liked being locked down the only people that did probably are already isolated themselves you know they're, they're probably not outgoing people to begin with but i sure as fuck didn't and everybody i know didn't and as soon as they said no more masks everybody threw them the fuck away nobody nobody carries them around like yes, you still have to if you go into like a doctor's office or a hospital, you got to wear one. But everybody's just like, oh, well, you got to give me one. I don't fucking keep these things anymore. Who the fuck keeps masks? You know. Well, me, I'm a, I'm a real home. I mean, I'm a real home homebody. Um, I'm good to do. I'm good to just kind of chill at home. So like when the pandemic first happened, I was like, okay, this is no biggie mm -hmm. i the the problem was the length yeah you know honestly even even people who like to stay home got pissed because it was like okay now i'm being told i have to stay inside i don't have the option of going outside so well and everything's closed all the yeah. normal thing they, they, literally all of society grinds to a fucking halt and so eventually that's gonna like even if you're the most homebody person out there eventually it affected everybody in some way oh yeah and they got sick of it and now everybody's like fuck your masks i don't want them anymore uh a lot, the booster shot the booster shot was a massive failure massive failure like they are still trying to figure out what to do now because the booster nobody wants the booster why you know like a lot of people will say oh they figured out this game no most normal people you know what they'll say well they told me it's just another shot of the same shit so when they come out with a new one i'll go get it that's well, what most people say well we well we were we were told we were told that we would never need you know boosters initially right. Right, but we didn't. We certainly didn't need that booster the way they did it because they just said, "Oh, we'll just give them another shot of the same shit." Well, that's not what a booster is, right? That's never been what a booster is. Your yearly flu shot is a different fucking strain of the flu every fucking year, right? 
so nobody wanted the fucking booster except people who wanted to virtue signal, right? And that's who's wearing the mask still. It's middle-aged cat ladies who want a virtue signal. Literally uh -huh. named Karen, which I just had to share because that was the funniest fucking thing ever. There's like 500 people in a, in a, in a place. What's your mask going to do, Karen? You fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> 500 when people I, and then like another 500 children actually <laughs> when i uh you know when i had covid a few weeks ago uh or i should say like last week when i got out when i you know when i was cleared and my my step and my stepdad i mean so he he actually just turned 70 d today um so happy, happy birthday to john if you are on Rumble and watching this, I know that he subbed. So, yeah, my dad. I guess my stepdad at least does watch the show somewhat. But uh, well, that's a, know, that's a big milestone and a big happy birthday to him. That's a big one. Yeah, when he, um, you know, when I had COVID, he uh, he stayed with one of our neighbors because obviously for him it's more of a a risk. Um, but once I was cleared and he came home, the the CDC website recommends that you wear a mask like yeah. for a week for like a week. And when he got home, like I I put my band I have a bandana that I wore during COVID, and he told me to take it off because he's like, you don't need to wear that because it's not gonna. You're already clear, and besides, it's not gonna. Because you already took reasonable precautions, and now they're asking you to take kind of unreasonable precautions, right? In his mind, at least. Yeah, well, one in mine, I, I was, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you don't mind? Well, I. You're trying to be polite, you know? yeah. Yeah. I get but what, it. But but once he said you don't have to wear it, I'm like, oh, thank God. So. Yeah, nobody fucking like those things. And that's why there's going to be a portion of the left that will support RFK. Also, he's a Kennedy and like there's a fucking they have hero worship for JFK, whether right or wrong. And yeah, he he's he's a bit of a spoiler on the left. I think he will eat into Biden's votes, especially if they have an open primary. But the, I don't think they're gonna because they got super delegates and they'll just no. shut him down. They're just gonna yeah, shut it down. I mean, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, they'll yeah they'll do they'll do what they do with Tulsi, or Bernie, or yeah anybody else that they don't like. Uh, we don't have the super delegate problem, so anybody that gets in, you know, there's a there's a good potential if you got enough votes. But the only one right now that was getting enough votes to have a primary on the right was DeSantis, and now Trump is just whooping his ass in the polls because, like I said. He's been making bad mistakes. He's uh, thinks he's bigger than than he really is. He thinks he's bigger than Trump. That's a fucking huge mistake to make. And at home as governor, he's made some questionable decisions, particularly the anti BDS legislation. Now, hey, I am not a big fan of the BDS movement. I think the boycotting Israel is dumb, uh, but that's me, right? However saying that they're not allowed to boycott its hate speech is ridiculous. And then on top of that, it includes some things like, Sam, you know it's a crime in your state to say it's okay to be white or to post it or anything like that? That is a crime now. 
an actual crime. Oh, uh, okay. I I hope I hope it, I hope that's not retroactive to like. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. And they okay. say, oh, oh, it's only specifically for this uh, flyering or whatever. But like, you know how this kind of shit is. You're going to get that one leftist prosecutor in Miami-Dade County, and he's going to arrest somebody because they they said faggot or something, right? Th- like this yeah. is, So he's opened up the door to the most Whoa. anti-free speech legislation in American history. That is coming home to roost. A lot of people don't like that. Well, well, it, well, it's like, it's like the old, it's like the old, uh, you know, far side cartoon of two guys in jail and one guy asks, what are you in here for? I, oh, I raped a woman and then, and then, you know, I killed her afterwards. What about you? I tweeted it was, it's okay to be, to be white. Yeah, it's. It's absurd, and and these these missed again. E verify, maybe that's popular. I as I understand it in polling, it's very popular in Florida. But give it a year, give it two years, give it ten years, and it's like I said, when people are gonna jump through all those hoops and they're gonna see the illegal problem is not going away. Suddenly, yeah. that policy looks really really bad. It's it's one of those things. So yeah, Trump. Uh, after that town hall, Trump is now up by 40 points on DeSantis. Uh, so even if DeSantis gets in, if that polling were like that polling can change, obviously there's a long way to go uh, in the next couple months before, you know, they decide this. But let's say it stays at Trump plus 40 points. DeSantis doesn't have enough to even get the debate. So that means nobody has enough to get the debate. That means Trump doesn't have to have a debate. That means you don't even have to have a fucking primary in a lot of states. Not all, but but a lot of states, if there is one clear winner, they can just declare, especially if that winner is considered the party incumbent, which Trump is, whether people like it or not, he is the party incumbent. Um. Yeah. And so, yeah, DeSant- and, and look, I've been hard on DeSantis all along, but this is his own doing. He he's he's gone far beyond anything I was complaining about. You know what I mean? Like I was like, no, he does a good job as governor. Then he drops this hate speech legislation. Then he's then he's doing this. Then he's it's like, oh man. All right, yeah, Ryan, I mean, Ron. Yeah, yeah, and even I who you know who I you know I've I've defended you know DeSantis even against you and Shmuley, but like yeah the. The hate speech thing, I, I, you know, what the fuck? And then to sign, to sign it in Jerusalem, it's like, you're a governor, bro. Like, what are you doing? I, I get he wanted that, like, optics or whatever, but, like, that just seems in really poor taste. Well, People, yeah. Look, look, Florida's doing better than a lot of places, but you will be the first to admit what I'm about to say is true. There are people <laughs> suffering in your state, Ron. There yeah, people, no. There are people that need you at home, and you're out there signing hate speech legislation in Jerusalem. Like, what the fuck, dude? Well, and I mean, I, I did, I didn't want to make this joke, but like, but it, it's true. Ron, there, listen, there are a lot of Jews in Florida. Like, yeah, you could. Yeah, there, there are, there are a lot. So why are you even why are you leaving this state? 
like to to do is when there's a large Jewish community like right here in Florida. And I so, bet you they, they I bet you they have a lot of other concerns that you could be addressing as well. Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you this: one of my one of my neighbors and I feel the same way. We're we're kind of a little miffed with Ron right now because one of the things that DeSantis said it got ve- it got very little news it got very little like press coverage and I suspect now DeSantis or someone in the Republican Party is trying to bleach uh, you know this from the internet but DeSantis uh, when he was running for re-election. He said, I'm not running for president. Uh, my only goal is to like, at, at this time at least, my only goal is to finish out my term and then we'll see where we're at in 2028. If, you know, but like now it seems like he's gearing up for the presidency after, after he told us he wasn't going to. I think so. he was. I think if he's looking at poll numbers now, he's pro like if he doesn't announce th- th- I'm going to call it here. If he doesn't announce within the six- next 60 days he's not running. Maybe yeah. less, maybe less time than that, but that if he doesn't announce by July, he's not running. Right? And and good. He shouldn't. Like he should understand and 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 what he could then do to build himself up <coughs> would be to endorse Trump or, or not, or go against Trump. I guess that probably wouldn't work out in his favor. I, I'm telling you, if he runs, that won't work out in his favor. Like that will ruin him. I, all these doomers on Twitter don't understand that the Trump demographic aren't on Twitter. Yeah, it, it would, it would be, I mean, let's say he didn't want to endorse Trump or whatever right because of because trump's too crass or you know whatever the reason is if he didn't want to endorse trump it would be better for him just not to say anything at all to just stay neutral i think i i think this though i think if he even did that in any way not endorse (laughs) so trump's the nominee he's not running if he does not endorse trump that is potentially career suicide. Like if he actually right. plans no, on I... running in the future, he needs to endorse Trump. But that puts him in a corner because a lot of the shit that he said, a lot of the criticisms, he has to either factor it in and be like, well, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Trump. And that doesn't make him look good, especially in Florida, man. Like you want to talk about like Trump country. Fuck, man. There's no more Trump country in Florida. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Mag mag country all the way. So, so. I, I don't know. I don't know what what his deal is at this point. I feel like he's got some people in his ear telling him some things, and he's listening to maybe oh, the he, wrong people. Yeah, he's certain. He certainly does. I mean, I I know I know he brought Jeb in as a as an advisor at one point. That's <laughs> yeah. Just bring in a Bush, everybody. Everybody loved Jeb running for president, and even more so, they loved him as fucking governor in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I well, I'm, I'm, I can't think of a more well-known and more unpopular governor than fucking Jeb Bush. Yeah, no, even, even like conservatives, even conservatives in Florida, like before Trump ran in 2016, like even, even when I, even when I first moved here and didn't know anything about, about politics, Republic, and I asked about, you know, Jeb Bush, other Republicans. I I was kind of expecting uh, them to be like, oh yeah, he was okay, but instead I got, haha, you must you must be new here. Yeah. <laughs> if if you think, and it was like, well, yes, in fact, I I am. Well, it's like it's here. it's like me, right? Being right leaning, registered Republican at this point, not always. Um, in Massachusetts, you would think, oh, well, the last two Massachusetts governors who were Republican, he must think very highly of. No, I hate them. Both of them. Despise. Uh, because it's Mitt Romney and Charlie Baker. And by the way, don't count Charlie Baker running for president off the fucking table. That motherfucker. That was his whole fucking plan. And he is the worst, the worst lockdowner fucking governor on the Republican side by far. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you hear about Charlie Baker, uh, tell him to go fuck himself. But what I'm saying is, we got the same sentiment here. Like you'd think I would like the Republican governors to some degree, right? But I actually hate that. I I hate Charlie Baker way more than I hate Deval Patrick (laughs) or the new lady there. The new lady. The new lady banned fucking semi autos at one point when she was Attorney General. And I still find her less detestable than Charlie Baker because at least she stabs me in my front. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I do think I can feel it, though. I talk to normal people. I talk to union guys, construction workers. I'm talking to parents. And uh, it's it's not even a like, let's go Trump. It's a fuck Joe Biden. That's just, you can taste it. They hate him. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll see, we'll see, but I, I feel really good about it. I think we're taking America back. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we will. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we will. Um, so it's, it's we're gonna have to put in the effort though for sure and actually get get out there yeah but the energy is there the energy is there and it's uh organic right it's people like sick and tired of paying three times the cost for regular fucking growth or in the case of eggs what was it like 10 times the cost yeah glad i i'm glad we have chickens now that's for sure yeah, yeah, that kind of shit affects people though. So we'll see. Um so we we've long since run out of news, I think. <laughs> well, you know, we began the show. Oh, I'm not sure we'll have much to talk about. 3 hours literally 3 hours later. We're There's just now something. winding down the show. No we, commercials either. We even lost Smugly. 
We did. I, I think I think maybe back of news network uh you know got to him a bit. So it happens, man. That MAGA News Network goes hard on Schmooley. It's crazy. Uh, but but we but we love the lad. So, um, well, I can't. I you know I can't think of any. Uh, I think we covered everything and then some. Uh, anything you want to bring up? Uh not at the moment. I'm. Uh... Got a couple plans going forward. I want to burn a pride flag for Pride Month, but I'm not sure if that's um, a step too far or will get us in trouble anywhere. Uh, so if that doesn't come through, ladies and gentlemen, I, I apologize. But I thought it would be uh, I thought it would be ironic because they have no problem burning the American flag. So yeah, well, both are protected. Well, one is protected under the Constitution. No, both, both. You can you can totally burn a pride flag under the Constitution, and you can totally burn the U.S. flag under the Constitution. Uh, but one of them upsets them, and that tells you what their loyalty is. The other one, yeah. they're fine with. Other than that, I got nothing. Uh, you know. We keep it on. Uh, we're glad to have you back in the in the swing of things after your uh, your illness. Yeah, still still got a little bit of lingering off, but we'll, I'm I'm getting rid of that. So, um, so I but surely. So yeah, folks, we'll uh, we'll talk down the road. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some guests on. But man, oh man, is it challenging. But, but we'll we'll get people in here sooner rather than later, hopefully. So, hopefully, until, uh, hopefully our filler shows uh, are good. Yeah. Until uh, next week, have a good uh, you know rest of your week weekend, and we'll be back uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen. So, God bless and all that jazz. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash whitfieldreport. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order. <laughs>